Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. We are back. It's myself, Taylor Smythe, Banks, and RDT. We have Bobby Trossett from WBAL 98 Rock as our guest on the show this week. Broke down a bunch of things with him later in the episode. Make sure to get to that. But we must start, boys. Ravens, Bills, Saturday night, the divisional playoff round. A showdown of two blue-collar towns. I think Bobby said that in the interview. I thought it was a perfect description. Two exciting young quarterbacks taken in the same draft. Both guys that have had tremendous success in their time in the NFL and were both very good last weekend, who also seem to have a lot of respect for each other, which I thought was a fun little storyline and subplot this week. To a, a Ravens defense that has come into a zone that will have to be great against Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Banks, when you think about this game, we, we broke it down with Bobby, so we won't we won't get a full, full breakdown like we did last week because we talked about the game a lot in the interview. But when you look at this game, what sticks out to you at first um, when you sort of break it down? Looking at the, the team we just played and looking at the Bills, I kind of see the Bills as being uh, kind of like the Titans on steroids in some degrees. Obviously, they don't have Derrick Henry, but I think – uh, what Tannehill and what Josh Allen do as quarterbacks, what their skill sets are. I think Josh Allen is just the same style, but better at just about everything. And it's the accuracy that's been really interesting to see progress. And I, I know I said this um, later with Bobby, but um, you know, I've been, I've been trying to fight the mentality in my head that Josh Allen stinks because that was so ingrained in my head a year ago when we went up to Buffalo and just made his life miserable. Um, we've watched these playoff game, the playoff game last week. He was, he's pretty good. I don't think he was perfect. I think people are, are, um, they're drinking the Kool-Aid a lot on Josh Allen and he's earned that right. But, um, he, I don't think that he's indestructible. And, uh, I, I mean, I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be really tight. Um, and the, the spread kind of reflects that. So, uh, we're going to have our hands full and I'm excited for it. I'm, I mean, I'm fired up. So. I don't know about you guys. I think I mean it's it's got to be the game of the weekend, right? It's it's I think two two weeks in a row. I think Titans Titans uh, Ravens was the one I think everyone was kind of looking forward to last weekend. Um, and then again this this weekend, just looking at the matchups, may not Rams Packers. I don't know Chiefs Browns doesn't really move the needle for me. Maybe Bucks Saints, but I think if you're an outsider looking, if you don't have a dog in this fight, I think Ravens Bills is the because again it's. Now we're getting the matchup of again, like Bobby talked about the two quarterbacks drafted and obviously Allen went, went higher than Lamar and, and Josh has had just such, such this, a, a, a really good year. And, and again, after, after a year where there were a lot of question marks um, last year and now that they're adding digs, so that's, you get the, you get another local twist into it and, and which is already a local game. Um it, it, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I, I'll probably be eating my body weight and Buffalo wings. Um, just, uh, you know, just to get in the mood a little bit for it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a good one. And like, like we had talked about, I mean, just the thought of a color rush game in the snow on a Saturday night, like this is going to be, it, it's going to be, it's going to be something. So. Yeah, it's it's a really, as you said, it, it might be the best neutral game. I think Saints Bucks will get the more press because of the you know sort quarterback of the last stand maybe for both of those guys. Although I think Brady may play for another five years, who knows? But it seems like this is going to be it for Breeze. Um, but 
and, and really all of the games this weekend have a significant amount of star power. I don't think the NFL could have asked for a ton more. You know, they get the ultimate poster boy, two poster boys with Baker versus Mahomes. They get two incredibly exciting young quarterbacks in Lamar. Um, and in Josh Allen, you have the aging stars that have been around for so long. Unfortunately, they have Aaron Rodgers against Jared Goff, um, which is not as good, but at least they get L.A. in there. Um, if that had been Russell Wilson, that would have been an incredible four games of, of quarterback matchups. Really, um, really quick on 105.7 today, uh, Vinny Serrato had a good point. And he was saying he can't remember a time where there was more where the quarterback position in the NFL was in such great shape. And they, they went on to say more than likely you're going to have a stud quarter, a, a very good young quarterback, 25 and under coming from the AFC versus, I mean, it, it's probably going to be either Rogers, T- uh, Tom Brady or Drew Brees coming out of the, the NFC. So he's like, you have this late thirties, early forties quarterback group versus this young 25 and under group. Yeah. It's, and it's I mean, I mean, you look at the NFC, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, that's arguably what three of the top, 12, 10 mm-hmm. quarterbacks of all time. Case it's eight or something. I yeah. Guess. I mean, it's, it, it's good. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, it's, it, this is going to show the, the young. Cause again, I think, I mean, Baker's the oldest starting quarterback left in the AFC. Think about that. <laughs> it's wild. It's, yeah. It's, it's very, it's very wild. I, and, and so that's awesome regardless, but I, and you see with the betting line with, with the spread being two, two and a half, um, wherever it is. I mean, this is like a true toss up game um, on Saturday night. I think if the Ravens had to deal with this with this Buffalo crowd a little bit more, I think it would be a tougher game. I think the Ravens get a little bit lucky in the sense that it's not going to be 65,000 lunatics in Buffalo um, absolutely tuned up. Um, I think about how crazy the crowd was for the Ravens game against the Titans at MNC Bank last year, um, and it would be a similar atmosphere, I think, in Buffalo. The Ravens now don't have to deal with that. They may have to deal with the snow, and I think it's worth talking about because of how much press it's gotten with Lamar's comments. Uh, Banks, you had some, you had some, some Twitter talk on there. Um, um, when it comes down to it, no one, none of these guys really want to play in the snow. I mean, we we love snow football, and and Torrey Smith, I, I can't remember if he tweeted about this week as well. He tweeted about it months ago. It's like no one actually enjoys playing in this. Like if you're a player, so uh, Lamar had the comments. You know, he'll deal with it if he has to deal with it. I think it's pretty much a non-story. Um, yeah, if it's there, it's there. But the forecast is saying, you know, 40% chance of, of any precipitation whatsoever. Accumulation up to an inch. I mean, that's nothing. And for um, for a team that runs the football the way that the Ravens do, you would think that that type of advantage plays in their favor. So I'm not really too concerned about it um, for what it means for the Ravens. Um, I mean, I, geez, Lamar makes, you know, puts people on ice skates, you know, in, in 85 degree weather. I mean, what is it going to do to people on frozen turf at 25, 30 degrees? So bring on the snow. If it, you know, if it comes, it comes and if it doesn't, you know, whatever. I just, people are really, people are clamoring for it. And I understand it. I love a snow football game as much as anybody, but the, the story of him saying he's never played in it as if it's like, um, I mean, I don't know. Like if he's as if he's playing on on the moon, like it's yeah. crazy. It's just it's it's football, man. They're gonna play football, and Lamar has played a lot of football games in his life, so it'll be so, interesting to see what footwear they put him in. He obviously had the footwear issues against the Browns on that turf. That wasn't a bad weather thing. That was just a turf thing. 
That was real grass, I think, wasn't it? That was the real grass. So. It was the slick. Bills was have turf. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what shoes they put all these guys into. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be that big of a factor. I do think that you know, you know, these guys that are from warmer weather, sometimes it's tough for them to acclimate. Lamar's one of those guys, but he's played a lot of cold weather games at this point, so I don't think it's going to be too big of a deal. So I have the quote right here, and it was so Jeff Zarebeck says Lamar said he has quote zero experience playing in the snow, and he hopes he doesn't have to Saturday night. Corey retweeted and said, I said this a few weeks ago, playing in inclement weather is only fun when you're a kid. It's trash as a professional, but you still <laughs> have the ball out. Tori is awesome on Twitter. He's like telling it like it is right now he's, on he's a variety very of subjects. But for our purposes, uh, for football, he is. You, you saw his post uh, yesterday morning after the national championship game. Tremendous post. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. The pictures yeah. are even better. With yeah. I can't believe mom. how good the pictures are of that. It's an amazing. It's, it was an amazing post. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Um, but th- this game, and we talked about it, Bobby, for me, when you look at it, the Ravens defensively, I, I think it's about stopping Stefan Diggs. I, I, that sounds really simple. And I know Josh Allen will get the, the plaudits, but, and, and maybe it's more I'm biased because I've got, 30 Maryland hats sitting behind me and I'm wearing a Maryland pullover. But Stefan Diggs has been tremendous and has bailed Josh Allen out of a lot of spots, getting open when, when he's able to scramble. Allen's obviously been amazing with the accuracy. Um, but the Ravens are going to have to figure out how to put the clamps on the guy that I think you can say has been the best receiver in the league uh, this season. So, you know, the Ravens are going to, I think, have more resources to do that with because they're not going to have to commit so many resources to the box. I don't think this Bills running game is scary. I think that's where the Ravens can win the game if they can clog up the run um, with essentially their front four. Zach Moss out. Zach Moss was coming on at the end of the year. He's out. Um, so Devin Singletary will take on a lot of those, uh, a lot of that responsibility for the Bills. But, you know, Stefan Diggs could terrorize the, uh, the hometown team, which will be interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm hoping that they they come in with a plan to double them, whether it be with Jimmy and uh, and somebody else, maybe Anthony Averett. They're going to put a safety help over there with him. Um, we talk about it a bit with Bobby about what Marcus Peters, what his involvement might be. I don't know. Um, I do think that that Marlon Humphrey is going to be following uh, Cole Beasley around a lot, and I think that that's a good matchup for for taking him away and and taking away those safety valves that uh that josh allen's going to lean to when we get in there and and create some pressure and force him to try to check down i think it, it having marlin there is nothing but a good thing for us because if, if cole beasley catches a football and then marlin humphrey's in the area he you know he might catch it but uh you know what happens next so um i don't know i, I feel like we're finally healthy on the defensive side of the ball at the exact right time for this exact game so um I feel pretty good about our ability to slow down Josh Allen, especially with the way that they played last, you know, the, the final three quarters in Tennessee. RDT, do you remember anything from this Bills Titans game from earlier in the year when the Titans really got the Bills better than anyone has the entire season? I mean, I remember it being like just an absolute domination from the Titans. Um, I don't, and it's, I mean, it's so hard because that was the start of, the Titans, you know, the whole COVID situation where they had to move that game to the Tuesday night at yep. 6.30 or whatever it was. Um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I don't – I mean, obviously, I remember um, Derrick Henry sending Josh Norman into outer space with that stiff arm. <laughs> but, like, I mean, from the game plan, for like, point of view, I don't remember Diggs at all, really. I don't remember any of that stuff. 
And, and it was so weird because that was kind of – because then I think the Bills lost the next week to the Chiefs. And that's kind of when Correct. everyone they lost was two in a row, and they but they were both weird COVID. It was like games. a Wednesday game, I think. Yeah, and they so people were kind of counting them out. And then I think after that Chiefs game is when they kind of started to again. They got, probably got back on a regular rhythm schedule and all that stuff. But I mean, honestly, I don't remember much from it. I, I just remember the Titans just absolutely giving it to them. And, and yeah. I mean, they're a much better team. They're not going to score sixteen points again. I think was it forty two sixteen? I think it was. It was forty-two to sixteen. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they, it's an interesting. It's an interesting. The Bills are on a, uh, an absolute heater. They lost those two in a row, weeks five and six, Kansas City and Tennessee. Their only other loss is the 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 Kyler Murray hail mary at the end which, of the game, which this is a game they should have won. Obviously, I mean, they were rolling out and, and DeAndre Hopkins makes an unbelievable play. Since then, after that, uh, they beat the Chargers, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, New England, Miami, and then obviously. Indianapolis in the playoffs. Um, so not a cupcake schedule. Also not like an incredible schedule. Um, they have, but they have been really, really good, and they are rolling. Um, so the Ravens are gonna have to figure out to put that down. But um, it's just interesting to revisit the Tennessee in a game that Derrick Henry really wasn't all that good. Um, no, I mean I'm I'm looking at the box. Yards, so. Yeah, I'm looking at the box score now. Like I remember T.J. Yeldon coming in. Um, again, Josh Allen, 26 for 41, 263, two touchdowns and two picks. So, obviously, he wasn't great. We got a Matt Barkley sighting that game. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it, 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 just an ugly game overall. It looks like Diggs had 10 for 106. And, I mean, that's – I feel like he, he wakes up and, and falls into those numbers. But, yeah, I mean, not, not too memorable of a game, I think, for me. Can we be a little bit honest, though, about the way the Bills played last week? I mean, they yep. did win the game, but I don't think that they were as impressive as people are making them out to be because they, they gave up 472 yards to a Phillip Rivers-led offense. There was a stat, there was a stat I think, that Warren Sharp put out on Twitter that, got, that I'm relaying because I heard it on Bill Simmons' podcast about the, the certain numbers that the Colts hit no team had ever lost hitting those benchmarks in the playoffs, like a certain amount of total yards, a certain amount of first downs, and that it was almost that it's almost a fluke that the Colts lost. And they made some interesting decisions that right, they have the Rodrigo Blankenship miss field goal. They mm-hmm. went for a fourth down in the red zone. They probably should have taken the points on. Um, so you're right. And the, the thing that bailed for me that bailed and watching the game that bailed the Bills out was Allen was awesome. I mean, he was awesome. The 96-yard drive, they got him a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, but, you know, not impressed by their defense with Phillip Rivers. As you said, 27-46, 309, two TDs. And I thought Jonathan Taylor was pretty effective. It's 21 for 78, not incredible, but I thought they, they kind of wore them down as the game went on. And Naheem Hines had six rushes for 75 yards. They are able to run the football as well. I, the Bills defense is going to have to play better this week for them to win this game uh, than they played against uh, Phillip Rivers and the boys. I mean, so, in, Indy was driving at the end of that game with a chance to. Oh yeah. Was it, were they tie? It was. Was it a chance to tie it? Or it looked like they had. I, I had watched it with the sound off in a golf clubhouse when we had finished our round. Like it was the game was kind of winding down the last two minutes, so we popped in the clubhouse and 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 were watching. And so we didn't have the sound on. We couldn't figure out why there was obviously the the challenge with mm-hmm. the fumble and everything, and you know we could make sense of that, but. Um, there was the next play where it looked like they completed a pass that would have got them into field goal range, and then they wiped it because I guess a timeout had been called or something like that. 
I'm not sure why or how that played out the way it did, but in my head, the, the Colts were there. They were in range and they were ready to tie the game. Um, and, it, you know, I, I think what Rivers got sacked or something or something else happened on the next play because the play got wiped. And uh, next thing you know, you got Phil Rivers trying to throw a Hail Mary from like <laughs> the 38. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it landed like zone. six yards short. Yeah. <laughs> it was where they brought, they brought Jacoby Brissett into those situations all year. Year. And I wonder if, if Frank Reich was like, you know what? I'm just putting the old man out there and maybe that's yeah. magic. As a guy that's had some magic, Frank Reich had some magic in his in his career with comebacks. I think he just I think he gave it to Phil Rivers, see if he had one last stand in him. God if Phil put everything he had into that throw. You could see it. <laughs> I mean, you could see him just absolutely just uh, just put the whole body behind the heave, just unfortunately. Who do you think could throw farther? Cam Newton or Phil Rivers? Right now, probably Cam. Cam Newton. I guess he had the shoulder thing. They both look like but, they're th- like they both their throwing motion hurts me to watch. Yeah, I mean Cam Newton's got a little bit of that Donovan Nab syndrome with the with the bounce pass thing. The the weird thing yeah. with with uh, with Cam Newton is that from time to time he'll step up into a throw and have his his shoulders tilted like he's going to throw a big long deep ball. Yeah, and, and then like- he just throws it right into the turf. Like, it just throws a fastball, you know, 58 feet if we're talking about a pitch. So, it's – I don't know. Good question. <laughs> here, here, here's, a, here's a stat to, to, to bring back to the, to the Colts and the Bills. Every single drive by the Colts w- went into Bills territory. Every single drive, they lost the game. It's – pretty amazing we're we're just they punted they punted twice in bill's territory we're just so better equipped to to finish in the red zone than close to any football team in the game and uh and it feels like a lot of the the home runs we hit per se or the long lamar runs are like when we just get into opponent's territory because that really opens up the playbook because you can still throw a deep ball but um you know, you're kind of in, in field goal range there, and you, you kind of open up the playbook a little bit. Um, so, if we can drive into their their, you know, if we can do anything similar to that, like the way the Colts did, and with the way that our defense is set up, I think you have to like our chances. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's. Uh... I'm talking myself into this more and more. I think we. I'm really liking the way that we're setting up against this team. 472 total yards for Indianapolis yeah. in this game. It's not good. Uh, nine for 17 on third down, two for four on fourth down. They did not commit many penalties, only, only, and they held the ball for 34 minutes and they lost yep. the football game. It's pretty amazing. And, and I, I'm sure that if you're a Colts fan and you really dove deep, you're, I think if you're a Colts fan, you're upset you lost the game. You don't feel like you were the worst team in the game. Yep. Um, which I mean, you would say, is a, I think, as a Titans fan too. So it's not as if the Ravens came out and blew the Titans into, into next week, but, um, for as big of a juggernaut as the Bills have been, and they're a great team, Colts are right there. I mean, absolutely right there to win the game. So, with that said, uh, predictions. RDT, you can start as the neutral party, I guess, now in this. When we, when you had asked Bobby, you know, for his prediction, I, for some reason, I, my mind automatically jumped to 31-24 Ravens. That's, that's, no insight into that. That's just what my mind said. So I think uh, we're going to stick with that 31-24 Ravens. Okay. 
Thanks. I was on 27-24 Ravens. It might, and I said on, on the radio last night, um, this might be a Justin Tucker game. Sure, sure. Uh, what a, by the way, what a primal scream from Justin Tucker after making his second 50-yard field goal. Or 50 yeah, after missing 50 yeah we didn't really touch on him missing it because, like, we, you know, we move on. When JT misses one, I mean, the reaction to him missing that on Twitter was, like, a 52-yarder, like – as if that's a chip shot like for Justin best Tucker. Best kicker in the league. Um, what, yeah, a 52 yarder. But crew doesn't miss that. <laughs> Jason Myers. Uh, I am going to say Ravens 28, um, Bills 24, around that similar score to you guys. Yeah. I, I think that. Feels like a 20s game. I think that the Ravens are going to come in and just have a little bit more than Buffalo. I kind of like the Ravens being in the spot where they've kind of been the hot team on the run before, and now they're a little bit more of the underdog against the Bills team that the franchise hasn't been in this spot in, like, 30 years. I think that stuff plays in. I do think they get helped by the fact that if they get down, it's not going to be as angsty of a crowd with 6,700 people. As I said this last week, too, at the Titans. <laughs> like, I, I just think that the – and I think this played into this – I think this played into the Steelers being able to come back, too. Like when the crowd is not there and you don't go down twenty-one nothing and no one is there to like be upset, you can kind of like reset where you are as opposed to when everyone was like losing their minds in the stands. I just think that has an effect on teams. I, that could be just totally made up, but I I, I believe in that. Uh, but I think the Ravens win this game uh, and I think they move on uh, to face Kansas City in the next round. I think Kansas City will will dispatch of uh, Baker and the uh, the happy to be their Browns. Um, and we'll get Ravens Chiefs as the Ravens hopefully uh, continue their revenge tour here as we go through. Uh, we broke down a lot of this game with our guest this week, Bobby Trossett. Bobby, obviously, as many uh, Baltimore listeners uh, listening to audio know, uh, host on WBAL 98 Rock, doing a variety of things uh, from the upstate New York area, that Albany area, so kind of knows that Bills fan base pretty well. Um, so able to kind of touch on that. And we, we, we broke down this game and, and went through Bobby's career. So an awesome interview with him. So let's jump into our interview with Bobby Trossett. Something magic happens. Back here on the Exit 52 podcast with WBAL host, 98 Rock host, Bobby Trossett. Bobby, you haven't been in the area for all that long. I feel like the three of us, before we had you on here, have been communicating about you for a while because we were going to have you on a couple of months ago. Then you got sick, so you didn't come on. Now we have you on. Describe to the listeners just how you got to where you are. Like, what is the Bobby Trossett? origin story coming to Baltimore first of all I feel like I, I let I kind of gave up on my opportunity left a, a lot of opportunity on the table to have my Michael Jordan podcast-esque game <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless we, we carry on no I, yeah I haven't been certainly not in the area as long as you you locals but uh originally from upstate New York came down for uh some a little education at Loyola and really never left Graduated in 2017, went down to D.C. and grinded at, uh, at NBC Sports Washington for not even two years. And then, you know, you guys being local know that Keith Mills is not too far into his semi-retirement. And uh, Brett Hollander and I called games together for Loyola Lacrosse. I was his sideline reporter and he was the main play-by-play guy. And, man, I didn't really know Keith that well at all. And he hit me up at the tail end of when he had first heard that, that Keith was going to be thrown in the towel and, and the rest is history. You know, it was a long interview process, but it was a no brainer for me to come back to, 
to Baltimore. I never envisioned that happening after Loyola. You know, I was kind of one of those guys that could, could have seen myself going to a different market, getting a different start, but it just, it just made sense. And as you guys know, to be able to work for, you know, the, the partner of, of what is what one of the most consistent franchises over 25 years, not only in, in the sport of football, but in all of professional sports was, you know, it was just something that I felt like I, I needed to jump at. And, and here we are a year and a half in, and, and that's been reaffirmed. You know, we're talking about another postseason opportunity. And as I always say, we, we go as the team goes, you guys too. Right. And, and so when Lamar gets drafted and, and, and when he gets that opportunity to, you know, come in at the second half of the season and, and go on this ride that he's taken not only us on, but the city. It's not everybody gets to do this. You know, not everybody, not everybody gets to, there's a lot of people that are playing golf right now or on their, on their vacation trips, right? Not only in professional sports, if you're an athlete, but if you're broadcasters too. So I feel really lucky. And, and, and here's to doing this again in February with you guys, right? Potentially. Absolutely. I mean, well, I'm, Maybe we say, yeah, he's, Maybe, he's the one answering. I'm, I'm the, all for it. <laughs> the, wound, the wounds are still fresh, but um, you, you talked about Keith Mills and kind of, I'm not sure if it's a mentorship or, or again, like a coworker thing. Cause I know, I know you guys are, have become very close. I, I know his daughter, Allie, and I've met Keith at a couple um, charity walks and events and stuff like that. And again, I mean, he's a Baltimore legend. He, I mean, that guy's forgotten more about Baltimore sports than I think anyone I've ever talked to, you know, has ever known. Um, kind of just tell us and the listeners just what what Keith Mills means to you. Again, just just working with him and being by his side and kind of just being a sponge and picking up everything that all the sports information that that he lets out. Well, first of all, I had to do a little bit of education, right? Being not from the area and going through the interview process. Not only did I have guys like Brett in my corner, but I had to do my own, you know, effort to read up on Keith and and figure out. And it didn't take all that long, as you guys know, to figure out what he meant and, and means and will always mean to the city when it comes to the sports landscape. So, man, all of a sudden it just it almost kind of added to the pressure right out of the gate when I when I got that final call and when I got the opportunity and when I signed on. So. Yeah, Eric. I mean, it, it was um, it was also something that you come in saying to yourself, "Damn, there is like a thirty-plus year age gap between me and I." You know, <laughs> not to put them on blast right now. I mean, we all know that, but it also kind of it had me up in my own head thinking, "Will there be a mentorship, or will it more will it be kind of like, hey, you better prove yourself?" And it, quite candidly, I think right out of the gate it was a little bit of, Hey, you better, you better come in and, and show us what you're all about. That said, first guy to call me and leave a voicemail that I'll always have. I'll play it for you guys one day. And, and may, matter of fact, maybe I'll even, you'll edit this out. Maybe I'll actually send you the file if you want <laughs> Taylor can get it done. But um, he left me this voicemail that I was, it just felt incredibly welcoming. And it was that ultimate moment. Like, you got your first break, you know, you're 24 at the time. And, and it was just, it was one of those moments that I'll, I'll definitely remember for a long time, but Keith has quickly became after that initial, like, Hey, you better prove yourself. Next thing you know, the guys on, on 98 rock are coining him as my father. He, they anointed him <laughs> like that, like, because we sound and look alike apparently. 
And so it's, it's turned into this, this father, son, mentor, mentee, and now co-host opportunity. And we host a bunch of shows together on Sundays or whenever the heck the Ravens plays, you know, this year it was what Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they didn't even play on Thursday, but um, yeah, it's, it's something that uh, continues to evolve. And at this point, there's nobody who has welcomed me in more back to the market as a non-college student than, than Millsy. Yeah, well I mean, said. Um, you had something there, Eric. I mean, I was just gonna that. say, I my next thing was just gonna be how much you guys look alike. I because again, I remember <laughs> once we had kind of started connecting, I was like, oh, let, let me follow Bobby on Instagram, and I'm looking at the pictures of you and Keith, going, I didn't know Allie had. I didn't. I thought she only had one brother. Like this is where did this other? This is crazy. And then being like, oh, okay, okay, now I get why they're calling him that, and and. And, you know, just, it, it was very funny trying to figure that out. But, yeah, he, he's, he's a great guy, and he helped me out with some of the most strong stuff over the summer. So, I mean, again, I, I know you know, but no one better to have in your corner than, than a guy like uh, Keith. But, thanks, I'll let you take it over. And, and Banks, before you get in, that's what's crazy, right? You know, Baltimore is a small town. So, there's been a couple times where he and I, whether it's at Ravens games or we've met up in Fells a couple times for lunch or whatever, and sometimes when I'm not with him, where I'll get approached or will get approached and people buy into what we're joking about in the morning show. Like they think we're related. People, people literally are convinced that we're related. So look, uh, just, 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 just to clarify, there is no blood relation. And uh, at the same time, got to take a little lovable shot here at Millsy. He didn't have a ton of, ton of hair up there. And I'm not saying that I do, but isn't that somewhat of a, I don't know. A sideways hey, compliment? <laughs> it's early, man. It's it's early in the game. It's first quarter for you. I mean, I'm I'm not doing so hot myself. Um, hey, but you could do what I can't here. All uh, right, yeah, maybe Facial a little bit. Is on point, Banks. I'm a little bit uh, scraggly here. I, I got to keep it going for the playoffs. Um, you're originally from from upstate New York, uh, lacrosse hotbed. You mentioned that you had you had done some lacrosse work um, here in the area. Is that kind of where your roots are in terms of uh, kind of sports, kind of a focus, or uh, is that maybe what what you kind of leaned on uh, when you came to the area, or, or just tell me a little bit about upstate New York and then how it might be similar or dissimilar to here in Baltimore? Yeah, to be honest with you, going into Loyola, one of the first things I realized, obviously, it's hard to step on campus and not realize this that you know, hey, this is a program that's nationally renowned, obviously from that 2012 you know, championship title and, and whatnot, but I had next to nothing in terms of knowledge when it comes to the sport of lacrosse. So uh, that's why it was great to get opportunities like, you know, being Brett sideline reporter, uh, doing some stuff at Stevenson, doing some stuff at Hopkins, you know, that, that, those were great opportunities. But at the same time, each time I got those and landed a couple of them, I had to do a ton of due diligence on the back end to make sure that I was ready to go, especially when I was doing play-by-play. So yeah, no, Banks, I was more so, you know, a hooper, big basketball guy up there in the, in the capital region area. Albany was, you know, we grew up watching Albany and Siena games going head to head, which were awesome. And, you know, if you guys are uh, familiar with the, you know, into March Madness, which I know you are, you know, they're almost, you Albany almost became the first before Virginia came around a couple of years ago in UMBC. Albany almost became the first ever university to knock off a number one. And it was UConn uh, several years back. We're going, we've got to be going back probably 10 years ago now. I think it was in Hartford. 
And, and we went to that game. So I grew up a big basketball guy, love golf, love baseball, played some soccer at one point, but it was a big public high school. So when you ended up getting up to your upperclassmen years, you really kind of had to choose one. And for me, that was golf at the tail end and, and basketball at the beginning of high school. What was your, uh, your sports loyalties up there? Like, obviously you have all the New York teams, but I feel like once you're past the city, I, like you can kind of be a fan of anybody up in that region. So where were your, where were your loyalties there? Taylor, anything goes, it's ridiculous up there. Neighbors <laughs> are Patriots fans, giants, jets, bills. I mean, yeah. it goes on and on and on. So uh, you really do get a little bit of everything in the, in the Northeast, but for us, it was basically all in New York. It was, it was giants. It was Yankees. I know. Um, and it was, uh, you know, we, we didn't follow hockey too, too much. But if you want to go across the board, we watched it, Rangers and Knicks. Um, and, if, and honestly, though, once you got through the teens and, and into your, your later years right before leaving for school, and when you're looking for colleges and whatnot, my dad went to Georgetown. So if, if anything, more than anything else, I, was, I probably consider myself a Georgetown Hoya Hoops fan, which is rather oh. embarrassing right now. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, and I, I know the Terps on this podcast cannot be pleased with that whatsoever, but <laughs> Um, not that we're not that we're doing well right now either, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, you know what though? Uh, the only difference there is that you've sent guys to the next level. Georgetown has not coming off the Big Ten title too, so we got that going on too. <laughs> exactly, but but actually, to be honest with you, and I was just having this conversation the other day because people never believe me when I say this, but the day that I got get in that I got into the business that I committed to broadcasting, I I kid you not, I just stripped all my loyalty. I don't know if that says something about me as a fan or what I was or whatever. To me, it says more about where I want to go in this business, how serious I want to take it. I don't want to be labeled as the Joe Buff bias guy. And, and that's what I've done. So, you know, some people roll their, you know, roll their eyes at me and, and, and raise their eyebrows at that. But that's truly, I'll watch any game, anytime, but I could care less about the outcome. Do I want the Ravens to do well? Yeah, selfishly, because that's better for that's better for me. It's better for you guys. So, but that's honestly what it's become. I've committed to that. I've tried to stay true to it, and it seems like it's working out so far. That's pretty interesting because I feel like there are there are personalities that that do well on the radio or in written that sort of thrive off their fandom, and that's their way to connect. And you've kind of taken it the other way and are going to kind of make it based on you know, having some versatility to be able to move and not feeling like you're attached to anything. So that's, that's like an interesting conscious decision. Because specifically, and I'm, I'm with you, Taylor, right? Typically those are like the first thing that comes to mind when I hear what you said is there's radio broadcasters, like, like right show hosts, Monday through Friday guys, opinionated people. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not opinionated, but I think down the line, I think one of my goals is to be the voice of a, of a professional team. And we all know in this, in this room right now that that's just, not typically where bias and, and opinions come into sure. play all that often. So who knows in the way we're going next year, maybe that'll be the norm. I, who knows? But uh, <laughs> as of right now, that's I'm sticking to it. And you, I, I was going to actually comment, like it was insanely hard to find out like what teams does he like? Like, can't, I was like, is, is he a Bills fan? I don't know. Like I know he's yeah. from upstate New York, but, and again, I think that goes into what you're saying. Like there is, I couldn't find a single like you saying you're a Yankees fan blew blew my mind because again I've I was like I've never seen him say anything about 
you know, Yankees are. He's not or, a Yankees or, fan, though. Well, yeah, he's that's not, what he's saying. Not, count, count the rings, you know. Fast tense. Not the Derek G. Mariano <laughs> chanting in the uh, what is it, the Bleacher Creatures? And yeah, I mean that's it's crazy because like like you said, when you think of ninety eight Rock, when you think of you know these other radio stations, not just in Baltimore but all over, it's not the obnoxious, but it's the, the almost the over the top here. Like you know, like there's a radio station where I know they used to have a former player call in, and no matter who. The, the team was playing that player would pick the team regardless they could be playing i mean they, they could be playing anyone and an army and he would be like you know what i think this team's gonna win and and yeah i mean you just completely shedding that again i think long term i think that's that's sonny, definitely sonny jurgensen at uh, nbc4 in dc i mean did you ever see those mm-hmm. i mean they started to mix in the skin tangibles i mean that's yeah that's just right. classic you know what's what's funniest about this now that you guys bring it up is that you know, oftentimes, especially this time of year where we're ho- I'm hosting a lot of shows, there's some exposure with the team moving on the way that they are and the run that they're on. And some criticisms that I've received, you know, always via social, right? They'll never tell you their face. They'll never mm-hmm. really tell you on when they call into the show. But in the DMs or wherever it is, I've been called a homer several times over the last couple of weeks. And guys, I just sit there and laugh. What do I even tell these guys? <laughs> I am so far from a homer. <laughs> like maybe I come across that way because of the content that I choose to post or, or, or the, or the approach that I take on Lamar. Cause look, I try not to be a, a Lamar apologist, but sometimes let's face it. You know, I think we all can um, cater to what suits us the best in, in a business standpoint or, or what goes in line with the narrative that we're trying to push on social. You know, I think, I think our guy Banks in my bottom left corner would admit to that as well. And so, you know, hey, we, we got to do what we got to do. But I've received that so many times over the last couple of weeks. And you just made me think of it, Eric. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you have to know your audience and you have to know what they're looking to consume. And they're looking to consume Lamar Jackson content. And so when things are going good for Lamar, you're posting good things. There's no, there's no way to not, you know, like put a negative spin on that or you know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense. So which one of the three of you to turn this interview the other way, (laughs) which one of the three of you created the Sunday morning or whatever morning they're playing on the Lamar Jackson woke up tweet. (laughs) Dude. I mean, is is this a, uh, take it. Are we, are we just, (laughs) I don't know. Do you want to, you can go back the curtain here. It wasn't me. Oh, okay. It was me. It was me. It was me. <laughs> yeah, I, we didn't think that it would take off as much as it did. Like, I thought it would be, it would play well, and it and it did for a couple of weeks, and then we did it for the Chiefs game, and we all know how that turned out. And the the, the, the wall takes exposed took it, and they mm. blew it up. And I mean, our mentions were hilarious. I mean, we were just laughing at them the entire time. We were, we were reading them like, on air during the end of that game. Yeah, like, were we actually? Yeah, 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 yeah. we were. And so we saw that take off and I was just like, Hey man, let's just ride or die with this thing. You know, it's, we're going to post it next week. And uh, it's funny. It's been really funny to watch the progression of that tweet because when things weren't going so well, it became like, Oh my God, here's exit 52 posting that post again. It's bad luck. We've, you know, we've lost every game we've done that. And it's like, no, you idiot. We're whatever our record is, that's exactly how this tweet has performed per se, if you're going to be superstitious about it. And now we've gone on this run where we've won six straight and it's like, Oh, I've been waiting all day for this tweet. I was, you know, so. Hey, the best was Sunday. I like, I can't remember who posted it, but 
the Sunday morning before the, the Titans game, someone was like, these idiots posted this last year during the playoffs mm. and look what happened. It was like, buddy, the podcast started in September. That. So you're just pulling shit out of the air, man. Like good, good try, but that's not even close to being true. But yeah, people are, you definitely see the same people every week. Like, here they go again. Yeah. You all got to stop this. And it's like, and then you have the other people fighting back. Like, no, let them post it. Let them post it. So it's, it is funny just every every Sunday to scroll through those mentions and 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 see what everyone's saying. For the record, Eric is usually the one who posts it because he's up way earlier than I am on well, Sunday. Yeah, you, if I don't know if you can hear, but my two year old running around in the back the background, and that's that's the reason why I'm up. <laughs> I was gonna that, say, uh, you be, pops, you better be up early. Come on, now you got duties. Oh, I I, I can't sleep. Sleeping in is is done for me. So that's uh. Yeah, that's why. Like, I'm always like, "Oh, I'm up. I mean, I can post it there. I got no problem doing that." Especially if I, I, at this point, I kind of just expect you to post at this point. And I was, <laughs> I was unsure if you were going to do it on Sunday. And uh, hey, again, you got it. You got to strip the bias. You know, it's, yeah. it's the team, the team, the team. <laughs> you know, we 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 go as the podcast. Maybe but. maybe in the back of your head, hoping it was the reverse jinx for the Titans. It would have been I mean, a real shame. Point, yeah, yeah. It been a real shame. And maybe I had some drafts <laughs> typed up in my head for what was going to happen, but. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe we'll save that for next year's playoffs, or uh, I don't, I know they don't play next year, but maybe 2022. Bobby, what's it been like for you, sort of learning the DNA of the fan base around here? I feel like you, you when you, and you'll, I'm sure as you move throughout your career, that'll be a place you have to go, but you almost have to, like, like we're talking about social posting the right things. You've got to sit there on radio and kind of know you know, how to go back and forth with people, you know, when you see them on the street and listeners and things like that, what has that been like for you to just kind of learn about the fan base and all that different stuff? That's a great question. Cause right out of the gate, whew, boy, it was a challenge because not only was I dealing with, you know, we were just chatting about a little while earlier, uh, you know, filling, trying my best to fill at least half of Keith's shoes, which, you know, is not easy but also getting the pronunciations down, getting uh, one time I called the Ravens, the birds in, in a quick little, you know, and, and Eric knows you do not do that. <laughs> we do that from time to time. I, yeah. uh, whatever. That's what I felt. I, I thought so yeah. too, but I got killed. I killed <laughs> on would probably be like, no, the Eagles are the birds. Uh, whatever. And, dude, I got killed. And uh, so I, I haven't done that yet until now. Um, and, and so we can bleep yeah. that out. We'll, we'll, we yeah, we'll bleep that, that out. We'll bleep that out. <laughs> Please do. And, but you know what, more than anything else, and it doesn't take long. I can remember showing up freshman year for Loyola and finding that my first giant supermarket around the corner. And I happened to be grocery shopping on a Sunday. It, well, it doesn't take that long to figure out what purple means to this town, what the football team means to this town. It is a football town. We all know that. Um, although I guess what in six years from now, I saw today that major league baseball is predicting that's going to be an orange and black town. So Eric, we'll, we'll give you the land, the parade, baby. Land the parade. Um, you get a tattoo. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll be saving this audio. Yeah. But, for sure. <laughs> uh, but no, Taylor, it's, it's, um, it's a town that I love the blue collar nature of it. We'll get to the bills game in a bit, right? Two blue collar cities coming up this weekend, battling it out in, a, in an AFC showdown for a chance to probably play at Kansas city. Who knows? We've seen crazier things happen. Maybe it's Cleveland, but uh, I, I love the fan base. I love how passionate they are. They are. I, I'm not sure I, I've ever met 
a fan base in professional sports that's more rabid than these people are. And to me, I look back at it now a year and a half with hopefully a lot of the criticism about my age, my appearance, the way I say things, dissecting everything, every single thing I do, hopefully with that in the rear view mirror, I'll say, I look back in that and actually see it as like a weird way of welcoming me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's see if this guy can take it. We're yeah. the 410, we're Charm City. And if he can't take it, then leave. So you got to have thick skin in this town. I think most Ravens fans do interacting with them uh, quite a bit. You know, I've, I've gathered that. Some don't. That's all right. But uh, I've, I've really, it didn't take me all that long to figure that out. But it's really the first time that I'm talking about it now. Real quick, what was your first reaction when you saw the purple, gray, and silver, black uh, camouflage uh, pants? <laughs> The like almost the Zuba. Have you not seen the the like Zubas or Zuba? What are they? Called? Oh, just like the cam, the purple camo, the purple camouflage that, that tailgates and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I was like, I don't know. I, I was this weird intersection of like wanting a pair, but also like, do people wear those here? <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that what we <laughs> wear be, into the? You'd be a homer if you did. <laughs> yeah. Is this just the tailgate thing, or are you wearing that into? The I was gonna say, I'm surprised you didn't see it that Sunday morning at the uh, at Giant when you went. Normally, that's the. Uh, I mean, you see all the you see those all around all around Maryland. Yeah, we got plenty of them here in the Dirty Bernie. Is Quick it- story for you too before we get on to the next thing. So as you guys know, on Ravens Walk, pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, pre-world ending, um, 98 Rock has their setup there. You guys know where I'm talking about? Right yeah. underneath the bridge. Oh, yeah. And that's where I would do – I would do the majority of the BAL pregame show in the tent, in the Miller Lite tent. And when I would come out from my hit with Kirk and Joe, I would have to sit off the side for a little while before, before going up on stage. And when I'd sit there, I'll never forget this. I think it's my first home game. Or you know what? Maybe it was the Sunday night Patriots game that they, that Lamar beat Tom. And one of the Hans, you know what I'm talking about, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the women Hans. I can't remember her name, but she was there and she offered me a spiked cherry. She didn't tell me it was spiked. And it's this big honking cherry, right? And here I am, like, getting pressured by the people around me. Uh, it's my first, like, real true primetime game in Baltimore. <laughs> of course I'm going to take this thing. I take it. I swear to God. It's like I had three shots before I got up on the damn uh, stage. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just speaks to you have the middle-class white guy. You got the soccer mom over here. You have the doctor female over here i mean there is such a wide variety and diverse group of ravens fans of all shapes sizes ethnicities races and everything i think that's i think that speaks to the the beauty of baltimore it's very very true i mean like you said yeah i feel like walking through ravens walk just the couple games i've gone i've gone to a couple titans games there it's i mean that's just like a experience in itself that's almost better than the games most of the time (laughs) <laughs> um now now i know banks is going to want to talk about this and and you two share a very common interest but tell us about the, this again scrolling through your instagram i see more pictures of you and mike Tarico than like pictures of of me and my wife on my instagram so talk, talk about 
again, the, the experiences that you've kind of had and, and the, the whole Mike Tarico thing, he was on your podcast a couple of weeks ago too. Uh, that's a, that's a decently sized name. Appreciate that. Yeah. And if I'll, uh, shameless plug, I guess you could say Chris. Yeah. Pl- I was going to say plug, plug away. Appreciate it. Yeah. Getting ready for the divisional round game. Of course, like you guys, um, Chris Collinsworth's going to come on this week. So looking forward to that. It's called uh, Baltimore sports and beyond through, through BAL 98 rock. I don't plug and chug as many, uh, podcast episodes as you guys do per week. I'm trying to keep up with you, but, uh, got a, got a, got a few other things that I need to tend to as well. And, and so try to do it, try to do my best, but yeah, looking forward to that conversation. It's actually going to be a family pod, which leads me into to your question here, Eric, because, uh, as you guys know, Chris's son, Jack has been contributing to Sunday night football, big, big opportunity for him. You know, he's, he's, he's about some of our ages on here and, and went to Notre Dame and you now look, does he have the Collingsworth name working for him? Sure. But you gotta be pretty talented to do that. So it's going to be a little father son episode. Looking forward to that, which gets me into kind of some of my past experiences. Jack and I met in, in Rio in 2016 when I was a rising senior at Loyola, I guess. So summer into senior year. And that was kind of like my first break before the break that we talked about, you know, a few minutes ago with, with getting on with, with BAL. I worked for NBC, the Olympics and, and, and went there for a full month. Unbelievable experience. You know, the whole Lochte, Ryan Lochte saga happened. <laughs> Michael Phelps for the ages, right? I mean, I wish he would. Wouldn't it be wild if like Tokyo, I don't even know if Tokyo is going to happen this summer, by the way. But if it happens and he were to like secretly come back and he was training the entire time, that'd be so sick. But I don't think <laughs> you know something. Happen. Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, you know if you got something? an announcement or something, you can drop it here. We'll, uh, yeah. we can attribute you. That'd be so sick. Baltimore zone. We do it on the uh, exit 52. Now, <laughs> spoiler alert, I don't have anything on that. But, um, He's winking at us right now on camera. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been, I've been really blessed and lucky to have two Olympics under my belt. And two consecutive ones. The first one was Rio. The second was Pyeongchang in South Korea. Two, you know, amazing places. Everybody always asks me, well, what were those countries like? Well, I'm not sure because I didn't really leave the Olympic grounds. You know, they grind. You grind. If you're going there with NBC, you better come to work. So, you know, I think we got like one or two days out of the 30 that I was there on both occasions of, of uh, travel. So, um, those were awesome. I hope to continue to you know, be involved with, with NBC over the course of, of my career in one way or another. And, you know, that kind of goes back to what made it that much more attractive jumping on with BAL. Cause as you guys know, uh, channel 11 on the TV side is one of the NBC affiliates. So that at least told me, even though I'm a full-time radio employee, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm full-time on the radio side and, and it's in the same building as, as channel 11, but I just liked the affiliation there. I liked the the potential of, of being within the same building of, of that operation. And so, you know, who knows, but uh, like I said, I, I, I'm loving the opportunity to, to be involved with football. I've probably learned more about the game of football. And I told you earlier, baseball, soccer, basketball, and golf are my thing. So, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, the trickiest thing about being so involved with Ravens broadcasts, what the trickiest thing was, you know, getting myself really, indoctrinated to the fundamentals of, of football so that you go on and talk about it. You know, why, what, what happened in Sunday's game that AJ Brown was somehow shut down after a phenomenal 
first quarter, you know? Well, okay, they started giving them different looks. They brought Jimmy Smith over for a little bit. Marlon Humphrey really started to get it together. I think we all know that OPI was, or maybe this is my homer take, Banks. I don't know. That would seem to be bogus to me. It didn't seem like there was a, a, a you know, that much. It seemed like there, were, there was a full extension. But anyway, you get the point. You know, I really, um, I've really enjoyed it, but there's nothing better than the Olympics. And I'm still trying to get over the Tokyo Post moment because when the world comes together, and boy, do we need it right now, you just concentrate on those Olympians that do it. Now, they don't do it for money. You guys know this. You know, they don't. Their salaries are no gold medal is nice, but it doesn't pay you millions of dollars. And that's what I love about Olympians. And we've been so fortunate too in the DMV to have so many, um, to have so many phenomenal Olympians over the years. So nothing better than it. Uh, how much do they play the NBC uh, Olympics theme at the ground? Is it just playing consistently throughout? Is it playing like do you have to be able to like hum it at a really high level? Because uh, it's the best theme in sports, in my like opinion. The Pledge of Allegiance, Ooh. where like you line, you wake up every morning and say it when you when you walk into the building. I mean, when those when the dumb dumb da dumb dumb hits, I I don't think there nothing quite gets me like that gets me. So I think if there's anything that relates to it, it is going into the broadcast or when it goes to break, March Madness on CBS. Yeah, yeah. Maybe C- SEC on CBS, maybe. I was SEC. Yeah, it's just iconic. Um, yeah, did you ever uh, cross paths with um, Bob Costas at all? You ever get a little, uh, I don't know. Great any, question. Any pillow talk, if you will? Pillow talk, yeah. Well, <laughs> one time in, in, in Rio, because you know, he's actually, in recent years, I think actually the Rio Olympics were, was, was his last, like, I think it's the main one, yeah. It. Yeah, like he, he – he kind of took a step back, if I'm not mistaken, after Rio. But Correct. anyway, we did have a chance to chat briefly in Rio. He is somebody who is, I'm not sure I know anyone inside or outside of broadcasting, wherever, that is as polished as that dude. I mean, he <laughs> is the blueprint, the guy for broadcasters, for public speakers, whatever you, you name it. He's just so incredibly polished. He's so stoic. Um but yeah, I think he, we were obviously staying in a much different area, Banks, in, in Rio. He, <laughs> he was in the Grand Hotel. I was in, actually, I had a decent spot, but it wasn't anywhere. It was in Copacabana, <laughs> which is a cool spot. Uh, I guys, bet. highly recommend Caipirinhas, but do not have them on the beach because I started sucking on the ice after my drink and ended up in the hospital. That's a story for another time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> is great. Yeah. So you had a hospital trip in, in Rio. Okay, we can talk about it now. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to go too deep into it, but that's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, it was um, – and it wasn't Zika-related. If you guys can remember. Yeah, that's right. That was the whole thing, yeah. golfer sitting out. Right, we're, we're talking about, you know, almost five years ago now. But that was the big thing. That was, the, that was what everybody was worried sick about, and it wasn't that. It was, quite frankly, literally – me, and this, this may be my stomach sensitivity more than anything else – but because uh, I have colitis, which is inflammation of your colons, if we really want to get into this nitty gritty. <laughs> um, and I, I had a Kuiperinia drink, their, their, their main staple of a drink on the beach when our, of our one day off of 30 days straight, right? And next thing I know, I, w- I landed myself in the hospital. I had some crazy, I got a CAT scan. I got the, all these things. That, the crazy part about it too was nobody spoke English. So... Luckily, I had my one of my aunts work uh, was there. She works for uh, the Today Show up in New York, 
And she like left work, left her section of the city and came in there and was trying to help me translate with it. It was, it was a crazy experience. And here I am like dehydrated off whatever the hell just happened to me, everything coming out of my body. So anyway, we live to tell the tale. <laughs> That's wild. The entire like apparatus has got to be, should be giant. The, Olymp- the, the Olympics broadcasting stuff fascinates me because it's an insane, I mean, you've been a part of it. It's an insane operation. I don't think people understand how insane all of the resources that NBC puts into because it's their biggest property of anything. I mean, there is no bigger property that they have besides, I guess, Sunday Night Football, but that's happening every year. So that's a a wild undertaking. And like, like we talked about, you know, it's another attractive thing about NBC to me because they have it forever. They, They have the rights to the Olympics. They've had it forever. I mean, you, you guys ever remember watching an Olympics or being involved with an Olympics when it wasn't NBC based? I certainly don't. And, um, you know, I, I just, I love that about it. The, the, the folks that I met along the way are first class, but, but more than anything else, like I said, and, and that was kind of my focus in 2018 in South Korea that since I was at NBC at that time down in DC, I wanted to specifically focus on the DMV Olympians that were local. There were quite a few. I mean, you had a lot of Myers Taylor, a bobsledder from, uh, I believe she went to GW. She, she was a medalist in, in 2018. And, and obviously, you know, you know, the big names in, in the summer games, right? Like the Michael Phelps of the world. And that's not even scratching the surface. So um, Mame Biney just comes to mind in the, in, the, in the winter games as well from down in Virginia. So it's just endless around this. I feel like I feel like this area, the greater DMV and like the L.A. suburbs. I'm not sure if you're going to find like a more fruitful area of talent. Yeah, Katie Ledecky obviously will be around for a while from this around this area. So Katie too. Uh, do we want to break down this game real quick? We've, we have you on. You're f- you're from around uh, some Bills fans, I'm sure. So you have an idea of of what that is all about. Two kind of similar towns and how they care about their football teams. How do you see this one going? Yeah. Well, first of all, I had one of my boys from Western New York call me today. I swear to God, it turned in like a press conference. I'm like trying to put my keys to the game together. I'm trying to get myself you know, ready for the game. It's a busy week. And this guy, I swear, he, you guys would love him. He's one of those dudes that probably went viral because he was jumping into flames of fire on tables. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mark Metzler, he's just got that, he's got that name. Doesn't he? It feels like a Bills fan. To it me. does sound That's like, like a, a Saturday fan. Night Live Bill Brasky. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He, he has this crazy confidence that I think speaks to everything that's going on in Buffalo right now. You know, these are two of the hottest teams in the entire league right now. Um, two quarterbacks that hopefully we'll be seeing going head to head with each other for 10 plus years, if all goes well. And, um, and, and two organizations too, that, you know, they're led by tr- a trendy head coach these days and Sean McDermott, somebody who's durable and consistent and in John Harbaugh and a proven winner. So to me, this is going to be another low scoring game. Like it was, on Sunday in Nashville, um, I think if you go back to and you look back at the box score from the week 14 game in, in 2019, you saw a Bills team whose defense gave arguably, aside from the games that they lost, you know, right to Kansas City, Cleveland and Tennessee, as Eric knows, and the one and done uh, this time last year. I'm not sure a team played them better, defensively speaking. I, I was really impressed by what they did with their linebackers. 
Lamar could not find those creases and lanes on the outside of defenses, which he typically stretches the field with. And we see plays like that 48-yard burst like we did last weekend. So I think it starts with finding the inside lanes because uh, that's going to open up the outside lanes. But, I mean, as Eric knows, they got their linebacker group, whether it's Milano, Edmonds, you name it. Uh, they, they are a deep, lethal defense. So I'm looking at a great game, but I see it. What's the spread? Is it still three? Uh, two and a half, I think, maybe even two. So yeah, I mean, it's moving a little bit towards the Ravens, but it's going to be tight. I, I totally agree. And I think that exactly what you said, I think that nobody really put the clamps on the Ravens offense, so to say, as much as the Bills did in the middle of that hot streak that they had. They had some trouble with San Francisco when the weather was a little bit crummy, but the Bills really were the first team that I thought kind of slowed down the Ravens. And and if if they don't hit that long pass to Hayden Hurst in that game, you know, that, that game might go a different direction. Um, with that said, I thought that the Ravens, um, we all know that Josh Allen has changed dramatically from year to year here, but jo- Josh Allen looked awful against the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens were in his kitchen – snap after snap, just consistently in the backfield, made him uncomfortable all day. And there were hardly any throws in that game that made me say like, this guy, Josh Allen, I don't know if he's going to make it in this league. That's what I came away from that game thinking. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that dynamic has changed from, you know, 13 months ago. You know, too, in watching back that uh, Indianapolis Buffalo game from the wild card weekend, I think he really improved based on what you just said, Banks, from, from the week 14 in 2019. He can, he can really kill you. with we, we know, You know he can kill you with his legs. That's been proven since he entered into the league. But how about the accuracy? I mean, what he did against Indianapolis on the run, using his legs and throwing the football with accuracy, with speed, um, with a little bit of zip on it, I, I think that's where, that's where they're going to hurt. I'm not sure if... You know, if he can get out of the pocket, which we know he can, can the Ravens second level of of the defense go and get him? I'm not sure. I think that's a big question mark. Um, we know Ryan Tannehill can do that. But I'd have to think that Josh Allen is is stronger and faster than him um, and, and, and a much, you know, kind of bigger asset, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been really impressed with with what Josh has, has turned into and. Let's give credit where credit is due, though. Wink's defensive front is the reason they won that game. They were stout. They were mean. They were vicious at the point of attack. You saw Pernell McPhee looking like he was 22 years old out there. Yeah. He might have been the most productive defender on the entire team. You know what Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf are going to do in the trenches day in and day out. Don't sleep on Justin Matabike, the rookie. I think he's really turning into somebody who can have a, a long lasting career in Baltimore. You nailed that pronunciation, by the way. Oh, it took me a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Williams is back in action. I, I like the way I'm telling you, this could be, I wouldn't be, I would not be surprised if this thing goes into overtime. I think it's going to be interesting to watch the Ravens. They committed so much to the run in this game and you just don't have that threat in the backfield in Buffalo. Zach Moss is done, obviously. So it's really going to be, you know, Singletary kind of toting the rock. So can they commit more resources to stopping a guy like Stefan Diggs? 
I mean, uh, everyone on this on this show, especially down in Maryland, we've watched Stefan for a long time, and watching him emerge has been pretty awesome to see. Except for in this game, uh, so he's got. I mean, he's got to get shut down. I mean, Marlon Humphrey and, and those guys have got to do a good job. My Maryland Terrapins Twitter mentions yeah. are already are already filled with Ravens fans saying, "Well, Stefan can't take the next step now. He's got to. He's going out now." So that'll be a fun thing for me to deal with on Saturday um, if he kills I'll, I'll the Ravens. Curious. But. Excuse me, there. Sorry. No, go I'll, ahead. I'll be curious to see who matches up with him. Uh, I, my hunch is telling me that it might be Peters. What do you think, Banks? That's, uh, I actually talked about this a little bit on 105.7 The Fan last night. Um, I, I, I agree. It's going to be really interesting to see if they put Marlon Humphrey on him because he's, you know, Humphrey is our best corner, but he plays the slot so well, and Cole Beasley is is very talented. He's one of the best in the game at covering, you know, running those short routes. And um, I, I think that Jimmy Smith, if he's healthy enough, might get a lot of run with him because, um, you know, Marcus Peters, for all the good things that he does, he can be a little susceptible to, uh, you know, the double moves and the, a route technician like Stefan Diggs. Yep can thrive on somebody who, who can be a little uh, over aggressive like Marcus Peters is. Yeah. Stefan has like the, every three weeks, someone does like the ISO cam where he runs like the most exact route you've ever seen in your life. And that scares <laughs> me a little bit watching yeah. a guy like I, I just there and maybe they'll miss it and maybe, maybe, but if Marcus Peters on, he will jump, he will jump at one Stefan Diggs double move. It was just going to happen. It's just a question of whether they, they hit him on it. So. Tell you what, Banks. I think I think you're on the spot with Humphrey. I think he will shadow. He is going to be glued to Beasley throughout the game. I I, I could see that happening. I could hoping we see a punch. I could remember that happening in Week 14 of 2019. Um, but he's hey, he's a very capable threat. And with with Diggs being added to this team this year, they just they got to a whole new level. He had 15 over 1500 receiving yards this year I mean, he's, he makes you guys proud as terps and uh and he and he's somebody who hey it does make you wonder though right if the ravens had a number one true wide receiver what would this offense be would there be a ceiling because it doesn't feel like in some weeks especially down the stretch when the competition wasn't all that stiff right it does make you wonder does this team have a ceiling they obviously do and they did this year and they had a lot of adversity that were they were faced with but i'll be curious to see what they do in april i'll just say that i i also think here's my uh my two cents in the game it's gonna be a great uniform game that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> like, like last year with totally the bills agree. were rocking the all red i, think I they hope they do that red. again honestly i hope that they they go all red and the nfl just throws whatever rules they have out the window and we go color rush oh make a color God. rush game Sunday, it, it, Saturday night football. What could be better? With potential snow, if we get a color rush in the snow, <laughs> I mean, just I, hey, I, there, there's nothing else you need to say. Eric, has anybody asked you how you're doing? Are you doing all right? I know it was a tough weekend. Oh. Cap start tomorrow. Um, <laughs> again, 2027 World Series champs. Everything is going great. I was about uh, to say that had to be. Clock, huge, uh, it's almost as MLB.com had that graphic ready for you, Eric. Like it I, was I, like. We got to make this guy get out of his get out of his uh, his uh, sadness and, and give him something to be excited. <laughs> yeah, about. you know, I'm 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 scrolling on Instagram and seeing the Titans out to dinner last night, and they're they're <laughs> they're having a great time. They're they're having a lot of fun. So my mentions weren't not as bad as I thought they would be, and I think it's because I didn't really poke the bear this week. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I got a couple DMs saying, you know, 
good good game and and uh, you know you were a good sport this week so i kind of just oh a good sport kind of just nodded restraint is a strength so good stuff there oh there were there were a couple times i had some responses written out and i was like nope nope not not sending i'm not falling into this trap that's what they want what a backhanded compliment Hey, you're a good sport is. I mean, that's just yeah. a tough scene. As yeah, we stomp was, on your logo. Yeah. yeah, Jesus. yeah. But hey, you know, again, I had no problem with that. Titans did it. Uh, Titans did it in Baltimore. And if you don't want them to stomp on the logo, don't let them beat you. So game's the really game. Compla- can't complain about it. You know, but the great, the great, a great sport that you were. A great sport that you were. Do you, Bobby, do you, do you make an official pick? I was going to ask you for an official pick, but I don't want to put you on blast if you have a radio time you need to make a pick on. I don't, I don't want to rush your process here. Oh no, we, we, we do. Um, there's no worries at all. I have not gotten there yet, but I'm, I'm down to do it on the spot. I really don't put that much time. If you're putting time in your picks, like, <laughs> time, <laughs> the face like, he's making right now is so good. <laughs> It's because the point is exactly right. It's that because it's a, the right point. Let me just specify though, because I know a lot of people do take, put time. <laughs> you got that chalkboard behind you. I mean, <laughs> listen, I don't want I don't want Eric's people coming at me in my DMs right now about going off on them if they're putting time in their picks. But um, no, I'll say this: if you're hosting shows and you should be putting your time into content delivery and topic development and all that stuff, you better not be putting that much time in your picks. So. Um, I am going to go, I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think they're going to win. Let's say I said earlier today with, with my buddy, Metsy in Buffalo, I said hey, first to like mid twenties. So why don't we go 24, 21 Ravens and we'll stick it right on the freaking spread. Is the Buffalo fan mentality that this is a tough game or that they're flying high. They've got it. So he's relatively reasonable. Which I don't is, know what that means in a Buffalo context, but fair enough. Exactly. Um, and, and if you knew him from Loyola and what he did there after hours, you'd really have questions. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I think that there is a just as much of a confidence in Buffalo right now as there is in Baltimore. Is that fair? These yeah. two teams are, are extremely, uh, I think they're going to be relatively evenly matched. Um, I was Kind of surprised at the spread, but I guess it makes sense. I know there's going to be 6,700 some odd fans there. I had heard on one of the Bills podcasts that I was listening to in preparation this week that because of the fact that there's like aluminum seats there, and obviously it's all spaced out and socially distanced there, apparently you you obviously have rows in front of you that are empty. And I guess they were coming in with either their hands or whatever it was, whatever mechanism that you could bring in and they, the fans were banging the damn thing. So if you were watching, they were banging the aluminum in mm. front of them. And, and so if you were watching on, on Saturday, you noticed that Phil rivers at times like had to go and communicate with his line, the play or, or whatever was happening, you know, the communication at the line of scrimmage. I thought to myself, is this about to be an, an issue on, on Saturday <laughs> night too? So I don't know, maybe that's one of those like under the radar things, but um, I, I just think it's going to be a phenomenal game. What an opportunity for Buffalo, right? What a year it is for Buffalo and Cleveland, you know, to, just the, the opportunity to get back into the, the playoffs. You wish that it, it wasn't a, a pandemic ridden season, right? And, and that those two respective franchises could really enjoy it because their fan bases are speaking of rabid. We know that both of those fan bases are awfully healthy when it comes to, uh, 
you know, passion and excitement, but no, I just think it's, a, it's another opportunity. Here we are prime time, eight 15 on NBC Lamar. Look, they're always going to have people like he said in his post game, right? They're always going to be naysayers or something like that. That's always going to be the case, but boy, you could continue to rewrite the narrative on you. You could shut people up with a win against somebody who was drafted in front of you on, on, uh, you know, in April of 2018, who, who everybody thought would be better than you. And, and that, you know, wherever that ends up going is up for debate, right? We don't know where that's going uh, and w- where these two are headed. But certainly, you know, the youngest to, to 30 wins, and it only took him 37 starts in Lamar's case. I guess he's 31 now with, with, with last weekend's win. But uh, I, I just hope we see this matchup for years and years. And obviously, you got you to gotta loop in Kansas City with that as well. That's a very good way to set up the game. Uh, before we get you out of here, uh, anything to plug? Plug it all. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the, the extra shows that I'm doing, you know, there's a ton of different programming that we have. Um, seven to nine on Friday night, I'll be solo hosting on WBAL. Looking forward to that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get ready for this, this entire thing. We'll have some, some Buffalo perspective on that. Um, I believe Dennis Pitta will be joining me at some point as well. Who's calling the game with Jerry. So that'll be good. Five o'clock on Saturdays when our pregame show starts on BAL. Keith Mills, myself, and then post-game probably is not. And, and <laughs> hey, by all means, we'd love to love to have you guys on at some point and call in. But um, I believe it's probably not going to start till midnight. Jeez. Saturday into Sunday. Yeah. So we'll that's be when on we'll be recording two. ours, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. We'll be on until 2 a.m. Sunday morning. And then eight hours later, I'm on from 10 to 1. So you guys know. You know what I mean? When I was texting you separately being like, hey, can we push it up a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit off kilter. <laughs> And then the podcast, Baltimore Sports and Beyond, uh, where all the podcasts can be found, correct? Yeah, so hit me up there. Like I said, Chris Collingsworth is coming on. I hope to have Jack on as well. Uh, past episodes, Kurt Warner, James Lofton. Um, just had Pat Ricard on last week, which was nice because then he had a freaking big game. We all love him. Uh, how many nicknames does that dude have? It goes on and on. Um, and then, yeah, you just hit me up on social media while you're at it, too, across the board. Uh, at Bobby WBAL. And hey, let me just say this too. And speaking of plugs, I've told, I've told a couple of you guys this separately. You know, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I love, I, I love the intensity. I love the consistency of it, the routine. People in this, you know, speaking of, of fans in this market, they seem like they're, they're digging what you guys are putting forth so far. So, uh, so glad that you, you gave me an opportunity to come on. You know, I'm following along. Uh, great get on Tuck. Keep it coming and let me know how I can help. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Thanks, that. Man. You're the man. Appreciate you, boys. Back to you in the studio. Trust, trust. Back here on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Awesome stuff there from Bobby. Um, and, and, and great to have him on to break down the game, which I'm sure he's now going to break down like 40 more times on 37 <laughs> other shows based on, based on the schedule uh, he gave us. Uh, and, and obviously with the flagship, is going to be talking Ravens. He, it seems like he's going to be up later than us, though. I don't think our instant analysis will go till two a.m. Like the post game show is going on, uh, on the radio. We can make it go that long. Yeah, we could go as long as if, yeah, if this goes the way like, we want uh, to. We could do a little fireside, uh, fireside chat here, Taylor. We could, could. Uh, post game. Sure. sure, we could definitely do that. We could, we could, we could, yeah, we could bring it out, go live with the people. We have no Nickelodeon broadcast to touch on in the post game. Yeah, for us. 
It's a shame. It is a shame. God, that was fun. I I watched the entire game on Nickelodeon. I I watched the whole thing. <laughs> did I, you hear? Did you hear a uh, Mad Dog trying to Chris Chris I Russo? Did. I did see that. That was tough. That, that was. was, tough. was, <laughs> that was I, I missed that. What did he say? Yeah, he, he was say. trying to pronounce Nickelodeon, and he like legitimately like what was he saying, Taylor? Like Nickelodeon or something? No, just, like he just couldn't get through it. I he literally could things. not say the word. It was it was very it was it was rough. But Nick 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 that's what he's called Nick. There you go. Yeah. Come on. Uh, <laughs> that was that was very that was very good. Ravens will not be on. Tough it. to see it happen to a great guy like Chris Russo. So. Yeah, tough, tough to see, tough to see. He's going to be talking about the uh, the Orioles uh, World Series in, in 2027. 20, Whatever that was. Uh, so that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, as we talked about TV coverage, uh, no mega cast for the Ravens fans this week. Hopefully, everyone enjoyed the mega cast. One of the corniest things that Levy said <laughs> when the ball got kicked off to start the game was let's mega cast. It's like, all right, it's the NFL playoffs. Like, <laughs> that's not what it's about, but fair enough. God, Ravens Ravens on NBC, uh, Collinsworth Michaels, Michelle Tafoya, the crew you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, from, from NBC. Uh, Ravens Ravens get the NBC. Here's a guy. Uh, and, and shout out to Bobby, who has Chris Collinsworth and Jack Collinsworth on his show this week, which will be, which will be good. Just, Collinsworth, and, it's great at breaking down games, so that'll be Just awesome. so casual, him being like, yeah, I got Chris and Jack. We're making it a family affair. It's like, dude, that's one of the yeah. biggest broadcasters in sports. Like, yeah, he's on the biggest TV property in sports besides the Olympics. Uh, cannot wait to have him on before the Olympics. We will, we will revisit the Olympics. Yeah, me, that's me my sweet spot. I'm, I'm hoping that I get, I get the, the blog coverage back on that. Uh, yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, we'll have to do a spinoff Olympics Daily Pod or something. Well, even hopefully we can be I'm in person for, for that because I'm thinking, well, if he's, if he's not there, I don't know what his schedule is, but like. Could you imagine just posting up at a bar and putting some microphones down and sitting with him and chatting Olympics for, for oh, a couple hours? Yeah, I mean, or... And the Olympics are on all day, so we uh-huh. just have events running in the background. Mm-hmm. God, I love the Olympics. Oh, we will get to that. We, the time then, zone thing is going to be interesting. Yeah. So the last time it was in this similar time zone, when it was in Beijing, as you remember. Right. Tape delay, right? right. They, well, they do tape delay, but they, they, NBC tries to now run everything online live. They don't, like, make you wait for tape delay. But what they did was is they ran swimming and gymnastics. The finals everything was in the morning in Beijing. So it ran around from, like, the 10 o'clock to, like, midnight window in the U.S. So you got, like – the Phelps the race stuff and was it was 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 watchable all the Sean Johnson Nasty Lucan stuff was watchable I don't know how they'll do that this year they normally cater to the U.S. broadcast for the things that NBC wants because they're paying the most money so I would think they will do that again in Tokyo and try to cater to the U.S. audience with live in the live windows uh, which is one of the great parts about Rio is we got a lot of everything was in the live window because most of the stuff was um was 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 in a similar time zone so we'll see what they do now yes there are going to be things that are taped like they're not going to put all that stuff like track will probably exist on tape delay but we'll watch it live i mean now it's such a different viewing everyone is they everyone streams everything so it's almost like nbc has to kind of rejigger the coverage whereas like in 2004 you just waited till everything came on in athens and you didn't know what was happening so but we'll get there we'll get to the olympics yeah. uh what we want to talk about is so we, we've, we've talked about Buffalo, and Buffalo has gotten, obviously, a ton of praise as an amazing NFL city, the Bills Mafia, the fans, blah, 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 blah. We want to do our starting five of cities we'd want to attend. Am I describing this right? Cities we wanted to attend an NFL game in? Yeah, this was a reader question, I believe. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. From yeah. Uh, our boy, 
over at uh, Baltimore Beatdown. Oh, Jake. Jake, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Jake, I'm going to say your name is Lequeur. Did you see he in his Twitter, in his Twitter bio, if you go to it, it, it says, and let, let me look this. I want to I get this completely right. Because when I went on there last week, I told him, I said, you come up in conversation every week with us. It, the first sentence in his bio, pronounced Luke. <laughs> so there we go. We got it. Big we Luke. got it. Great question, by the way. This is like, because I think everyone, like when you're a fan, you kind of want to plan one of those trips. I think we all kind of think about that as like really big uh, football fans. Uh, who would like, how do we want to determine, we're going to draft this. We're going to draft starting fives here. So 15 cities. Uh, we did not determine an order. So we're determining no. we're alive here. Um, I don't know. I, you know what, Eric, you can go first because your team's out of the playoffs. So I'll give it to you. Um, and then uh, Banks, you can go second. I'll go third. I'll do the double. Okay. So you get the snake. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think my number one, it's got to be, I want to see this, this Rams and Chargers stadium. Like I'm a, I'm a big oh, stadium guy. I like, I like the new updated stuff. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, I don't think I'd be a big fan of Los Angeles, but I don't, it's, it's obviously, it's not downtown or anything, but I mean, the stadium looks really cool. Again, seeing it on hard knocks and, and, you know, that just the state of the art, everything. I, I think that would, that would probably be, um, that, that would be a place that I would like to go to and, and maybe watch a game and, and check it out. So Los Angeles, the number one overall pick. Kind of surprising, although that stadium looks amazing. So I, I Yeah, and, that, and that's the big thing for me. I, I'm not, I don't care about going into the city or anything like that, but, I mean, the stadium looks, looks, looks nuts. So, All right, L.A. Nuts. off the board. Banks? L.A.'s off the board. Chargers um, and Rams, so don't, you can't say yeah, Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, do you have to specify, but no. Okay. Hey, guys. Hey, fellas. How about that ride in? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you got to go Vegas. I mean, it's all—it's for the same reasons that you take LA. The Vegas stadium looks sweet. Um, uh, you know, I've seen some people may have even uh, got a little toasty with it, you know, get a little romantic, close and personal with it. Um, yeah, it's just got to be Vegas. I mean, what's better than Vegas? So Vegas, the number two overall pick, also a great place to like plan a weekend and go. Yeah, that's what it's all about to me. In my head, that's that's what my board's all about is where do I want to spend a fun weekend? That is also what my board is mostly about and stadium location. Uh, I'm going to take, uh, and I'm not pandering here, but I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans at uh, number four. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Nashville. I've never been. The atmosphere there looks awesome. Great fan base. Seem to be a welcoming fan base as well, uh, which plays into it. And Nashville would be a really cool place to see, I think, like on a fall weekend if you played them early in the year. Um, and I don't think it ever gets like too cold to where you'd feel uncomfortable if you were there in maybe in October or November. Um, I don't know if you want to visit really anywhere in December that's not in the south, but uh, it's not like really in the deep south. But that would be uh, my first one uh, would be would be the Titans in Nashville. And then if I'm picking, if I'm picking on the other side, I think it's a similar theory. I, I think I have to take New Orleans. Like I, 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 that's just an awesome city to go to. Uh, Banks, you and I have been there together one time. We had a great time um, on a bachelor party. So uh, I got to take the Saints. Uh, also, a, a legendary venue that I've never been to, the Superdome, which is which has hosted so many awesome events throughout sports history. Uh, so to check that off the bucket list would be also a nice part of that. So I'm going to New Orleans on the first uh, pick of the, the going around on the snake. So Banks, you're up next. I was extremely close to taking New Orleans with the second pick. I mean, for the same reasons that you just said, 
Um, didn't get to go to a game there, but it looks like an awesome place. And it's, it's kind of an iconic building, like you said, mm-hmm, but anyways, yes. uh, with the fifth overall pick, I think I'm going to go to Jerry world. I got to wow. see what that building's all about. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, the, the, the video board at the top, um, you know, there's a lot to do. There's a baseball stadium right across the parking lot. Um, there's Arlington live is a kind of a, you know, tailgate scene that's right outside. Um, and, uh, you know, most of these games are in the fall and, uh, if they're later on the season, you know, it might be kind of cold here in this area. And I want to go somewhere where it's, where it's a lot warmer. And Dallas says that in spades. There you go. I like that pick. All righty. Um, two picks here. Yeah. My, my, so my first, the first of my two picks, I think I'm going green Bay. Mm-hmm. And I'll go obviously early in the season. Give me, I'll go opening weekend. I'm all right with that. Um, again, just just the atmosphere, the 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 stadium, the the you know. I mean, we were just talking about history of a building. I think the history. I mean, that's probably the the you know one of the most storied buildings in sports. Um, so get, yeah, give me give me Lambeau Field. I think that would be neat to uh, to go to. And another one. True. I'm, I'm in between two. Give me – if there are fans – well, I guess they would. You know, this would probably go for both of mine. Um, give me Kansas yeah, there's City. Fans. There's fans. Yeah, ah, okay. G- give me Kansas yeah. City then. And and I'm talking – again, I want to spend a weekend eating barbecue. I want to have heartburn. I want to I wanna feel so full from brisket and ribs that I, that I don't – that I'm contemplating not even going to the game. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I need the decibel meter. I need how, how loud it is compared to a concert and a jet and all that stuff that they do sure. in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I think Kansas City would be an awesome place to watch a game. Um, you know, wh- whether, whether you're there rooting for the Chiefs or not, I, th- I think that's a, that's a pretty neat place. I think that's those are two awesome historical picks as well. That that was going to be my next pick as well. Um, I was trying to target here Kansas City in the third and didn't quite fall to me. Uh, I'm a huge value higher. Guy. Um, but you know that's the way it goes. I am going to actually go with uh, kind of flies in the face of my last pick, but I'm going to go to Chicago. I want to go okay. to Soldier Field. I sure. uh, you know that's a historical building too, and uh, I I just love the city of Chicago as a whole. Um, I'm hoping that it's a, uh, a September game. I know the Ravens go there next year, actually. I'm hoping they draw a September game on their schedule so you can work in a little Wrigley trip, get a little bleacher action while you're out there. Um, yeah, great city to spend a weekend in, Chicago. I've done a solo trip to Chicago. One of the best weekends I've ever done. That is a place that is, has a ton of things to do, not only in sports. Like Depending on when you go, you could, you could pair it with a Blackhawks game, you could pair it with a Bulls game. If you want to do all sports, but then there's a million things to do in Chicago. I mean, it's yeah. a huge city um, with a ton of stuff to do. So uh, that that is a pick I really like. Um, I am gonna take with the first part of this double pick. I, I think go, this is where the board really drops off. I got in so my opinion. I, I think I've got two really good ones identified, and I agree with you on that. But I I, I like the two places, and I'm gonna start at nine. And this is a this is a fan thing, and also a city a city slash fan sort of combo. Uh, and I'm going to take Seattle, um, which has an incre- an atmosphere. I really want to see gets talked about so much as one of the tops in the NFL, um, the 12th man and all that, that different stuff that they do. And, and a really, really beautiful place to go. Uh, Seattle's like, I've been there one time. 
uh, very cool place um, and a city that has a lot of like character to it. Um, Pacific Northwest. Different. I, I really want to see that fan base. I, I think that would be really cool. So I'm going to take Seattle. And then, you know, it's November, it's December, even maybe October. You're living on the East Coast. You're getting down on yourself. It's cold. It's windy. We're going to Miami. Like, we're, we're going to Miami. We're staying in Miami. The tickets are cheap because no one likes the team. We're going there, and we're getting in the warm. So I'm taking the Miami with the 10th pick. I think that's decent value after some of the, uh, the more fun city combos with places. And, and it's tough because the stadium is not close to the city, which is a thing I like to, I like to say. The compactness is not there. But I've never been there, so I would like to go. So that's, uh, that's the 10th pick. Uh, Banks. Yeah. Um, love that pick. Uh, I am going to take Buffalo here. That's what the question I think was catered towards. Like how sweet would Buffalo be because of what their, their tailgate scene looks like bills, mafia tables, all that good stuff. I think of the three of us, I'm probably most catered to, to kind of indulge in that kind of environment. I could be wrong on that, but, uh, yeah, I think that I, I think Buffalo is a great system fit for my team personally. And, uh, I'm going to take them here. This is where they belong. I think some people might think they should go higher. Um, you know, they are the enemy this week, but you know, what bugs me about this week is that I, there's just not really something to hate about Buffalo. It bugs me. Like I need a little hate. I need a little fuel going, you know, last week was so much vitriol and just, oh, just so much hatred in that, in that rivalry. And then we just have no beef with Buffalo. We have nothing at all. Like we're kind of, kind of brothers in arms to a degree with hating the Patriots. And, um, you know, there's not to, not a lot to hate to about a team that hadn't won a playoff game in 30 years or whatever it was. Um, so I, I'm kind of missing that this week. I'm kind of like looking around, like who's, who's the, the final boss of Bill's Twitter. There's not one. Bill's mafia is just like a final boss in itself, like as a whole. And I just can't really, I can't, I, I need to figure out something between now and Saturday night to really get the hate rolling. So if you, John, if you have something, send it my way because I need it. You can throw all your hate at uh, John Brown. John Brown. John why Brown revenge I, game. Why would I throw he, hate I don't at know, John Brown? He, I love John Brown. Because he, he wasn't what people thought he was going to be here. He, had a he was year. great with Flacco. Uh, he was fine. Yeah. But he like, was that's, really good that's, with Flacco that's the one, in the first uh, half of that year. That's the one like angle I, I, was, I was trying to get you to go to. Yeah. If it was Michael Crabtree, maybe. But <laughs> um, – yeah, but that's my pick. So it's on you, back to back, twelve and thirteen. All righty, this one and this Banks, Banks, I believe you have been here, um, Atlanta. I want to again stadium. It's a good pick. A good pick. Give me the stadium. I, I want. I want to do the Chick Fil A inside, and I want to walk up to a menu board and go, "Holy shit, these prices are amazing!" Have you seen how cheap this is? And you know, tweet out the picture, and that—that's—that's that's never. What a specific experience you just described. No, no, no. But, but you know how, like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the story. Is like, yeah. well, you can get a hot. It's like Costco. You can get a hot dog and a soda for like a dollar thirty-five. It is like um, Costco. And we were just—we knew that going in, and we were still all fired up about exactly. it. Exactly. You walk—you walk up to a menu board, and you go, "This is awesome." Yeah, like, soda's two dollars. Yeah, yeah. You—you you turn into Dick Vitale. Like, this you know how sick Falcons fans must be of like watching these visiting fans come into their stadium and just go gaga over the prices. Yeah. And there's got to be a, there's a lot of visiting fans there every week. The so. the concourses are massive though. They're oh, the sure. whole place is stupid big, and I know everybody says that. You have no clue how freaking big that building is until big you're in there baby and premium mm -hmm. experiences mm. um 
And my 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 last one, I'm kind of surprised it lasted this long, but all, it's also a Baltimore podcast, so I'm kind of I, I know a lot of people in the city aren't really fond of this place, but Indianapolis. Oh God! I'm kind of like I've heard pick. great things about the city. That's... Like I've heard a lot of cool things about the city, and like nice place that... to visit. I, I, yeah. yeah, we we get around the we're forty talking, we're not, there. There's not much left here. I, I was trying to trade out, and I couldn't. I couldn't find a partner. That's fair. There is not. It, it's it, we we are down to a little bit of the dredges here. Um, I, it's a good location. You can. So what I've heard, um, from people that have been there for like Big Ten stuff is it's like mm-hmm. very walkable. Like you can walk to the stadium. Yeah. You yeah. Can walk to the arena if you're there for the Big Ten basketball tournament. Um, so that stuff factors in. I was supposed to be there in March, pandemic. Um, but yeah. There you go. It is tough down here. Banks, finish your team. Tampa! Little Stevie Janowski voice. Tampa, bitches. Yeah, we're going to Tampa. We're going in three weeks. Um, we went there in 2001. Uh, you get the pirate ship. You get the warm weather. It's 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 a watered-down Miami. It's not quite, like, right, you know, it's not all the way down there on the peninsula, but it's it's kind of the same idea. So give me Tampa all day. This is now – this is a brutal board. I mean, just an absolutely brutal board. Let's run down the cities left just for – I think you got two – I think you have two Just for picks. effect. I, 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 England, I know who I would get. You have with. New England where the stadium is like 30, 45 minutes away from Boston. Closer that, to Providence. Closer to Providence. You have New York, which has the same situation. Oh, we have to gross. go all the way out to the Meadowlands. You have Pittsburgh. I, no. You have Cleveland, no. You have Cincinnati, no. I do respect the Browns fans. I actually respect the Steelers fans and the passion, but I'm not going to either of those cities. Bengals, see ya. You have the Texans. That stadium is out in the middle of nowhere as well. Houston's a cool city. It's warm. It's weird. Jacksonville, no. Nope. Oh, they got the pool. Oh, I was going to – if it had fallen to me, I was going to take Jacksonville and just put a complete pool spin on it. Denver, mile high, decent. Philly fans are annoying. Not going there. Uh, Detroit, no. no. Uh, Minneapolis, great city, but it's freezing. I was going to say Minneapolis for the stadium. Uh, Char- yeah, stadium is incredible on the outside. B- driven past that. It is, it, it is like a spaceship. It's amazing. Uh, and then you have Glendale. If that stadium's in Phoenix, that's a much higher pick. Just like if San Francisco Stadium was actually in San Francisco, but it's in Santa, Santa Clara. Clara. It's, it's not that far from Old Town Scottsdale. It's not that far. Well, that's true, and we've, we've seen that before. So I really, I really considered Arizona because of some experiences we had there at the Waste Management Open, which is great. So it seems like it would be a fun <laughs> time any time of the year. And I had to put, because it's a great city and a great place to visit, is New York because you could do a weekend in New York and there's a lot of different things you could do in New York, even though the stadium is really far away. You're taking New York. No, I'm telling you the ones I'm considering. Oh, oh, oh. so I'm considering Glendale. I'm considering Arizona. I'm considering New York. And I consider San Francisco once again, a very cool city that the stadium is just so far away. So it's just like the, the logistics of her, the logistics of it are tough. And ultimately, honestly, and this might get panned because all once again, Baltimore show, I'm taking New York. I think you could go to New York and have a good time, and it's not impossible to get to the Meadowlands. You take the New Jersey Transit, you go up there, you come back, and then you do other stuff in New York throughout the weekend, which I think is a, obviously an incredible city that's very cool. So oh, I'm taking God. New York, and uh, and we're beating up on the Giants and the Jets wherever the hell. Did you not even consider Raljon? I know. I was waiting for the Raljon conversation. Yeah. What's the? No. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. He's just rubbing at his eye right now. Just absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. There's just not even no. not even worthy of the the explanation. No. Thought um, about Denver. Yeah, Denver. I don't think would have been a bad pick. Yeah, I thought about Denver. They're they're Denver. they're kind of a decent you know football town. Um, you know, I kind of respect I just the think cut like, of their jib. You know, you're going to New York. There's a lot of stuff to do. It's just a cool town. Ah, this is a show. Northern Jersey I a, stinks. I yeah, had but a you're friend. You're not there. You're only there for the game. That's the, that's the thing. You're only there. You're not staying in the New York City's worse. I hate New York City. I can't. Yeah, New York City it. is. Oh, see, I like New York you City. can I miss mean, me with New York City. Banks York and I had a, had a time in New York City. Like you go up to New York City. Oh yeah, though, we did. Like, Yuppie you junk. There, you can see a Broadway show. Yeah, and I had a time in Philly. Yes, we did. Now in <laughs> Philly, if Taylor Swift concerts involved, high on the list. Football game, <laughs> very low on the list because the fans, the fans, they stink. They're mean that. I mean, not that you can't take it. I'm not some weak. Yeah, I, this is the one where I, I, I think I would enjoy such an environment. I wouldn't. This, I would chop just, it up. I mean, I. Yeah, it's just, and it's also like maybe Philly. If we put this list out, I think people from Philly will be upset because I do think Philly is like a good town and like they love their team and it's a cool place to go. And we had a great time with that Taylor Swift concert, but, uh, <laughs> story for another day, but, uh, which when, when Taylor Swift comes back, we will go to other Taylor Swift concerts. So maybe story for other days that we I visit, but I'm taking New York over Philly. Sorry, Philly. Like, sorry. I can't Philly had a chance. That. You took Tampa Bay over Philly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so to run it down, <laughs> to run it down, RDT has LA, Green Bay, Kansas City, Atlanta, and Indianapolis, which I think is the worst pick of the That's the it was, worst it, pick I was going Indy sure. or I was going Arizona. <laughs> uh, Arizona would be a better pick. Banks has Vegas, Dallas, Chicago, Buffalo, and Tampa. And I have Nashville, Tennessee, uh, New Orleans, Miami, Seattle, and NYC as my five. Um, so I think that's right. Uh, sorry, since it, sorry, the rest of the AFC North. I, I just, it's just not great. If the Patriots Stadium once again is in Boston, that's a, if it's where Fenway is, that's on the list, but mm-hmm. it's not. So sorry. Um, and then uh, the rest of these jabroni, t- Jacksonville. <laughs> sorry. Well, if Jacksonville's <laughs> in London, does that does that change Duval. it? Yes, I would. I would go oh, to London. Wow, I would, what a curveball! I would pick London in one of these spots because that'd be sick. My, I had, I know someone who went over to London for the um, Halloween Redskins Bengals game, <laughs> and I just could not imagine going over there and then seeing your team fucking tie. I would be furious, yeah, furious if my team tied. Um, the fun part about going to London too, I'd want to see the atmosphere. Also, it would be around the time you go to see a Premier League game, which would be awesome to also do, but. Uh, it would be fun to see all of just the random jerseys in the stadium. Like the jersey spotting would be impeccable at a London game. It's like when American soccer fans go to the friendlies when the teams come here and they just wear whatever soccer jersey they have in the closet. That's exactly, I think, what happens at the London <laughs> games. So that's uh, that's the starting fives this week. Uh, we did the golf groups the one week, did starting five. We might try to kind of like experiment with this uh, these different things. So send them in. Like send in your ideas. Thanks to Jake for sending that in. I, that, that's a fun um, thing and and I think we, we want to try to do like a like a trip somewhere so we'll figure that out next year yeah maybe we're trying to think of what what type of content and stuff like that we're going to be doing in the off season and these little segments are uh they help they help with that for sure they're they're kind of testers for that because yeah um as much as we'd like to talk about every single Orioles game 
I think there are going to be times where not everyone's going to want to hear that on a week, <laughs> on a week by week basis. As we go through. 2027, different story. 2027. Let's go, baby. We'll be doing post games for all 162 baseball games. But right now, probably don't need them. <laughs> uh, Banks, do you have any uh, declarations, updates, addendums you want to make to the list right now? Uh, no addendums, but uh, we should have our ears perked up because one David Portnoy, his reason for being on the list is that, I mean, this is late in Lamar's MVP season. He said he would rather have Josh Allen than Lamar Jackson. Now some would say that like after the season that Josh Allen has had, okay, like a bit more of an argument now for sure. Um, but this is, this is what it's all about. This is a reckoning. Um, so David Portnoy on notice. Okay. There you go. Eric, did we get to all of the mailbag questions? We tried to like answer them a little bit during the preview. Did we get to all of them that people sent in? Um, there was one. And I, I mean, we kind of, I don't think we talked about it from great Twitter name at show me your O's face. Can D line <laughs> create enough pressure on Allen without heavy blitz? Cause it's known that Josh Allen is very good against the blitz. So I don't know if you want to keep that tight or if you want to, if you want to let it, let it, you know, Can I actually have any thoughts get some on that? time on it. I think that Wink Martindale is going to do what Wink Martindale wants to do. I don't think he's adjusting what, um, what type of game plan and what kind of heat. I think he may dial up the heat even more. Uh, he may challenge Josh Allen because they had a ton of success with it uh, late in 2019 when we went up to Buffalo and uh, we'll kind of see what he's made of. So, you know, credit to Josh Allen for, for, you know, having success against the blitz, but uh, we're by far the team that blitzes the most and we'll see how he likes it when he's got um, bird gang up in his, his grill for 60 whole minutes. That's a, that's well said and a well uh, answered question there. It's going to, that's going to be a very interesting chess match uh, between Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator who we did not mention for the bills who's getting a ton of head coaching um, buzz right now. And has done a great job with that offense um and did a great job with alabama's offense when he was there he's he's a hot name he will get a head coaching job somewhere most likely this offseason we will finish on nick caner medley maryland person man human of the week uh who would like to start i'm ready if he uh, uh eric's not really jumping at Clap, it so I'll I'll take it. Yours. I, I never start i will actually start you start I'll taylor start you start it. go for uh, it daryl morsell Gets my uh, Maryland Nick Caner medley man of the week. Daryl Morsell has had a bizarre last two weeks. For those that don't know, Maryland shooting guard, small forward, jack of all trades. He's also a Baltimore guy. Went to Mount St. Joe. Eh, Coward Hall, you know, whatever. We let it slide. Um, as a senior, uh, got his face, you know, busted up in a game on New Year's Eve against Michigan. Went and had surgery to repair the, the bone. Came back and played six days later against Iowa was, was not very good, but had a, had, he had a freaking mask on, um, got through it, then came out and led the Turks to an upset over Illinois on the road where he was awesome, scored a career on 19 points, scored the biggest bucket in the last minute. And uh, he's an awesome kid. So he deserves it. He is a great steward of the program and has, and has um, been a nice school year player for the Terps. So I was very happy for Daryl. And uh, he is also a Ravens fan. So, get him a shot on the show we put a tweet up of him uh with lamar jackson and he really enjoyed that so uh ravens guy baltimore guy daryl Marcel. that's my guy boom there it is my maryland man of the week is john harbaugh has to be john harbaugh 
eighth road career playoff win, most in NFL history, passed or broke a tie with uh, Tom Coughlin and Tom Landry. You know, those are some pretty big names. Um, you know, he's he's the ultimate road road warrior, and uh, this is his first win without Joe Flacco, for what that's worth. Um, nobody's got more road wins than him, and I think that we should uh, – you know, I, I tend to say this after a lot of seasons, you know, for better or worse, but um, I, I, you know, thank God every day for, for making me a Ravens fan with John Harbaugh at the helm and uh, leading these guys uh, in a battle every week. That's a very good one. He could win this every week. True. And I feel like we give it to a lot of other guys or, yeah, but we never really shine the light on Harbs that much sure. because he's just, He's just there. He's, he's a constant. He's a mainstay. And that's kind of what it's all about. It's the continuity that the Ravens have had. Um, it's part of what makes the Ravens great. RDT. So I was, I came in today with, with zero um, candidates for the award. Wow. And Are you just going to sit out? You're going to be a sore loser. And I was planning on just, <laughs> just foregoing my, my, um, my vote wow. and midway through the day, we we had uh we had a winner. Um, the MLB or MLB Network tweeted out like who's the best first baseman in baseball, and I tweeted out like oh it's it's Trey and that's all I said and um good good pal, uh, guy who pitched a perfect game and a no hitter and in, in the MLB Dallas Braden, uh asked me to stop day drinking and said it's bad for me, and Trey Trey Mancini who I was referring to came out of nowhere with the response to Dallas saying, but Dallas, I struck out zero times this year or last year in 2020. So that has to account for something. And wow. it was, it was a pretty funny tweet from Trey. Um, put, put, uh, put, put Dallas on a poster. Da- we'll get Dallas on here sometime. He's a, he's a, he's a character in himself, but I whipped up a gif of Trey Duncan all over Dallas. And uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Again, Trey having a, the uh, the sense of humor and, and the wit to just come at come at Dallas. So I thought that was pretty funny. So we'll we'll give it to our buddy, friend of the program, Trey Mancini. Yeah, that's that's a good that's good stuff from Trey. Cannot wait to to get him back in a uh, in game action. That will be an awesome moment when he eventually. Any honorable mentions? I am just to continue right on the same. Uh, I'm smiling right now. I love this. Uh, keep stay on the same train of thought here. I'm gonna take Mike Tomlin. <laughs> oh, oh i enjoyed every minute of that game sunday night i loved it so much um sure they beat us twice this year if you want to call it twice whatever i said that they were uh at, at the very least i said that they're not worthy of being an 11 and 0 team i think i underestimated how uh how quickly that team was going to fall apart and uh mike tomlin came out today and said you know we're not going to do the same things over and over. That's going to be, that's, that would be insanity. They've been doing the same thing over and over for four or five years. Where's that quote a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. And they've just continued to embarrass themselves uh, with their, I mean, this just sounds like such a a crotchety old man uh, word to say, but their conduct, they're just idiots. Like Juju and all that whole saga with the thing and the logo dancing, whatever, that was distraction and it was stupid and whatever. And it was hilarious to watch him kind of tuck his tail between his legs and say, well, I got to cut this out. And then Chase Claypool just being um, just a sore loser and just his entire attitude. Like I get that everybody likes the culture that Mike Tomlin cultivates, 
But we see, especially in the last five years or so, just year after year, they fall apart in December or January. And these characters, Le'Veon Bell and, and, and Antonio Brown and Jacksonville with the way that turned out in 2017 and the way that everything fell apart in 2018 with, with um, you know, Juju fumbled in New Orleans and that was a tough loss and they eventually missed the playoffs with Antonio Brown sitting out the last week when they needed to win the game. Like, <laughs> at what point does, does Mike Tomlin stop getting praised for the culture that you know, being a player's first coach. And when does he start getting criticized for just letting all this stuff happen under his roof? I mean, it happens year after year. I know I'm like the most biased person to, to chime in on this, that whole thing. But I feel like from a national media perspective, like what, like, what are we talking about? The guy, it, it just happens every single year. And he doesn't seem to catch flack, or at least not to the degree to which I think other coaches would like Doug Peterson got fired. Like, I mean, at what point do these players stop buying into what Mike Tomlin is, is feeding them? I was going to say, it seemed like when they were winning, going into the playoffs and winning a game, winning a game or two, losing the AFC championship or at least going to the AFC championship game. Cause that's when it comes into like the, yeah, like winning, winning cures all. And I think it's they're also not doing it. I yeah. Think now it's they're not tough to criticize at times a guy i mean you look at his record his worst record in the league he's ever had is eight and eight in a season he's never right. had a losing season but the thing is that he playoffs, and kevin colbert have have constructed this team that went from he inherited a run first team with with somewhat of a game manager with big ben at quarterback and they started drafting all these skill players and they converted to a team that throws i mean what did big ben throw 72 times the other night or whatever and that's a consistent thing. Like Ben Roethlisberger is constantly throwing over 50 times. And as we saw this season, we've seen in seasons past, that works great in September and October. But when you're in the AFC North and you're playing in cold weather, you got windy cities, throwing the football 50, 60 times is not going to work out for you very well. And they just seem to not be learning that lesson over and over. And, um, you know, I, the reason I'm picking him for, for an honorable mention is that they just keep doing this and I keep enjoying it every year. They have some decisions to make this off season. That is for sure. And the next couple off seasons, their dumpster fire, just how, they, happen. how they construct their team with the cap and all of that stuff. Uh, RDT, I'm assuming you have no honorable mentions considering you picked your person this afternoon. I, uh, I know I have one. Um, my buddy, Andrew Hofferbert, who is, I think I'm saying that right. Who's the same guy, Calvert Hall guy who helped us get Jacoby Jones on the podcast. Um, I've been, as you've seen, if you follow me on Twitter, back into the, the baseball and football card game. And he's has a chance to, to get some, some neat boxes and cards and stuff like that. So uh, I met up with him the other day and, and he got me a box of cards. It's pretty hard to find. And I ripped them open the other night. He's also, he wants to try and donate some to us and we open them and, and then whatever we sell, we donate to a charity or, something mm. with the be there for be more foundation. Um, yeah, I think tops just did that with the barstool fund. Yeah. Yeah. They did some stuff with Doug's. Um, so yeah, that was pretty, I, I pulled some neat cards out of there, but yeah, he's uh shout out to him. Cause again, it's, it's impossible to find any baseball or football or basketball cards now in any store. So him, uh, him getting his hands on those for me was, was pretty, <laughs> was pretty big. So Calvin Hall guys helping, helping people out. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Does target still not have that little aisle. At like oh, they, a, they do and i'll tell you what this that's the spot 
uh, yeah, these people, there, there are people who wait in these stores for six, seven hours a day waiting for the restocker to put them on the, the shelves. And the second they're on the shelves, these are grown men who, again, wait there for hours. These are the, the autograph seekers at college baseball. Yep, they have the binders. And the <laughs> second those guys put the, this put the boxes, show. the second they put the boxes on the shelf, they buy them all, and guess what? They're right back on Amazon for three times the uh, for three times the, the the retail price. So it's it's insane, like it's it's nuts. So there's just a finger on the trigger, and it's just slowly pulling down. We're not going to get there. It's just not mm-hmm. the time for me to go off on autograph seekers again. It's not the time <laughs> right now. This is where this is show is like going over two hours probably. I have two quick honorable mentions. Uh, first, I have to mention him again. I just thought he was awesome on Sunday. Pernell McPhee, I just, he was just awesome. And he just deserves to get another quick mention. I think he will be key in this game again. Uh, he was just tremendous. Do you know how many snaps he played? I was just going to ask that. It was like around 20. 20 snaps. And he made yeah. that big an impact. It was I awesome. feel like he was in on every play. Like every time tremendous. I looked up, he was, he was yep. making a play. He was tremendous. Uh, the second and it is to three people. And I want to make it clear that it is to three people in this group. Uh, the Nickelodeon broadcast mm-hmm. on Sunday was awesome. Noah Eagle, Nate Burleson, and Gabrielle Nevea Green all get it. Uh, the kid that was on the sideline, he's out. Seemed like a nice <laughs> fellow, but just, just was not good. So sorry to him. I don't want to, like, crush him. He's like a, like a 14-year-old kid. He had an all-time name too. Lex like Lumpkin. Lex Lumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a cartoon character. It's hilarious. We're talking about him. Probably is, but I can't group him in because I just didn't think he was effective in what he was trying to do. And I'm a hard grader, so at the risk of sounding like a tool as a 28-year-old criticizing a 15-year-old who was on a national NFL broadcast, <laughs> Lex, you're out. Noah, <laughs> Nate, and Gabrielle all get plaudits on this show no eagle is going to call games until the three of us are dead he's awesome nate burleson is a i think one of the truly underrated talents in sports media he is on the nfl today he's also on good morning football which is an awesome show mm-hmm. and he just seamlessly was explaining football to like eight-year-old kids in references they can understand i don't think people understand realize how hard that probably was he was also making relevant nickelodeon references as like a 37 year old retired football player shout out to him and then i thought gabrielle nevea green who i think they said had never seen an nfl game before her reactions to things were very fun i think that they like meshed wells with ruth but lex and his jay-z impression out also what about, the how fact did you say the MVP stuff was funny. I mean, that, that, that was yeah, great, was but funny. he butchered that name bad. He butchered it like four times. <laughs> pronunciations, 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 Mr. Lex. Get them right or get off my Nickelodeon broadcast and bring on some other cast member of all that to take this guy's place. I challenge the Nickelodeon people to do that next year. But maybe Lex will be back. Also, Lex has just got to toss the slime on camera. Just toss the slime. Just someone's <laughs> got to get slime at the end. Nate's got to dump it on no eagle. Someone needed to get slime. So other than those two things, flawless broadcast, flawless broadcast. But Lex, Lex, a lot of room for improvement, buddy. There's an F-bomb. That's, I mean, that's that was great. That's, <laughs> I mean, the kids that are going to learn that stuff anyway. I really, <laughs> oh, they play Call of Duty, they hear it. Nate Burleson was Might so, as well be I Nate Burleson can't teaching get them. over how good Nate Burleson was in this broadcast. No eagle was also great. And Gabrielle. 
with Nate Burleson was the star of the show. Uh, Lex was not the star of the show. Sorry, Lex. <laughs> if you listen, I'm sorry. But I he is a listener too. Is. I gotta tell you how it is. I gotta tell you how it is. Uh, so those are the the Nick Caner medley Maryland persons of the week. Um, we will see more of that Nickelodeon stuff. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was, it was really, really yeah, good. highest uh, rated program on Nickelodeon in four years. Yeah. What what was before? Did, did they say what was the last? I wish I wish I looked into that. Kids but... Choice Awards, maybe a little SpongeBob special. Who knows? Who knows? No Eagle, hot as a uh, Peruvian puff pepper. Great Jake and Josh reference that he made. I want to specifically shout that out. Uh, that is our show for this week. As we end on me criticizing a 15 year old sideline reporter, I'm sure that'll go. I'm sure that would go over well. <laughs> a national type of platform. Uh, make sure to continue to support the Be There for Be More campaign. We continue to have prizes. We continue to want to solicit your um, your donations and your tips. Uh, we will continue to give some prizes out. Um, so thank you to all that continue to support that campaign. Um, as the plates rustle in the background of somebody's uh, somebody's uh, feet over there. Shout out to the K man, I believe. Uh, down yep. There. Yep. So uh, that's all. That's all right though. He's out. He's out there doing his cooking thing. Make sure to follow the boys on social media. Uh, follow RDT at E D I T T I 22. You can follow banks at Barstool banks. Uh, uh, the, you can get, uh, if the Ravens are down, you can get banks going live to calm you down. If the Ravens do something well, he comes on live to pump you up. I think that was the great stuff. You're really the pulse of the fan base on Sunday. I couldn't have played out better the way I was, you know, all the things played out like I hope they would. Yeah. Cause I was not feeling good when I was telling you guys to remain calm. I was not <laughs> feeling good. That's okay. It's all about bringing some moral, uh, some moral compass. Uh, you can follow me at Taylor Smith 10. You can follow the show at exit 52 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And once again, thanks for our presenting sponsor, Jimmy's seafood for all their support. We will see you after late on Saturday night for our instant analysis, win or lose. Uh, and hopefully we've got a couple more instant analyses. Instant analysis is I'm not sure. Instant if that's right. Analysis. I think it is. I think it's just analysis is it, over. The, it's ooh. a tough one over the next <laughs> couple weeks, but we will certainly have you uh, covered after Saturday nights. What hopefully will be a Ravens win. Um, against the Bills. And so with that, we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.